0: Hello and welcome to the We Geeks Horror Channel and our Hellraiser retrospective podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to WeirdGeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weir Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! hello welcome back to the weird geeks horror channel where every single friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise we've been doing all 10 of the hellraiser movies There's i've so been your host it
1: Al
2: it's White. Been <laughs> hell of a time mr
0: Al white oh my oh, god the
1: puns the puns are gonna do me in
0: i've been your host hell and back <laughs> and joining me throughout has been justin macaroni maraconda hello no pun for that and katie watson hi we did it Please guys help. we did it we are at the end yeah uh, it has been i mean that's a not many franchises get to 10 episodes and particularly not many get to 10 and only four of them went to cinema and the rest are straight to dvd i feel like
1: there is something that you you warrant like as someone who has made it through all of these films i feel like you you get something in life like in video games where if you like accomplish a side mission you get you a get chivo. something you get a cheevo i don't i want a chivo.
0: you get the I a cheeto think of all the respect you're gonna get now when you walk into a room and everybody knows you made it you've seen yeah. it.
1: everyone will go who <laughs> what
2: they're gonna be, be like hey that's the girl that watched all the hellraisers
1: <laughs> she looks like she. Died <laughs> she looks like fight. she did it yeah <laughs>
0: So if you're new to us, uh, you can head on out to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com. We've got a rudimentary website right now, but it's about to get rejigged. But through there, you can hit up all of our social medias and you can also email us directly. And more importantly, you can go on out to our podcast and check out all of our previous franchises. Uh, Lots of horror stuff in there for you. Lots of regular stuff as well. And topical podcasts and all that fun stuff. So also, if you're new to us you're in our wrap-up episode and in our wrap-up episodes we're kind of trying to tailor it as if you haven't listened to any of our other ones from the series uh, so if you want all the proper trivia or the proper opinions and all the proper blow by blow on the narrative then head into our exhaustive review episodes but in this one we're going to breeze through the entire franchise give you a little overview of it and then we're going to talk about all of the merchandise around it or all of the other types of media like novels and comic books and video games and then get into all of our lists uh, to do with the series, favorite kills, favorite looks, favorite leads, and then p- finally placing all the films in order from worst Ooh. to bestiest. With maybe a couple video of surprises. A couple of Are we going to review the video games? Video games. Yeah, we should change one of these horror retrospective franchises and just do like a video game horror retrospective franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Review each one.
1: I will not oh. be a part of that. That'll be <laughs> you have to play forever.
0: 40
2: hours for each game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I realize that nothing has changed on this.
0: All right. So let's start. What is Hellraiser? It came out in 1987. It was a UK film with some US money involved as well, but shot in the UK from Clive Barker, directed by Clive Barker, who also wrote it and wrote the novella that it was originally based on called Hellbound. Hellbound. Sorry, no, heart. Just, co- just Hellbound Heart, yeah. Yeah,
3: and the Hellbound Heart. Which would come out the there's year no
0: colon prior. in there. No colon, sadly. That cost- Only a heart.
1: Ha <laughs> ha! Did you get
2: that? Hey. Anybody? Very
0: good. No? Okay. <laughs> That's what the, nice. nice the lead up is the colons have been all this time. is just to lead to that joke. <laughs> yeah. However, 1987 cost $1 million. I liked this movie. I, I think there are lots of really... There's so much in here that you could do so much with, you know? Like the, the mythos that he sets up in this is so enriched and and has so much material. Yeah, so much material Source. for possibilities. You're introducing the Lament configuration, you're introducing Pinhead, albeit not in his sort of leader sort of pose that he was going to yeah, get to Yeah, you but you're
1: later. introducing Cenobites in general, like them as the... A- Exactly, a culture. Exactly, it's huge.
0: I love all the stuff to do with them. I love the stuff to do with Kirsty, for the most part. Um, I don't mind the basic story, but I find a lot of the acting and the look of the acting is very, very eighties.
1: So I'm. C- you love Julia's hair, don't lie.
0: <sighs> Julia's hair is terrifying. Her wardrobe is on point. Her makeup and her hair is terrifying. Oh, it's scary. <laughs> but yeah, this was a movie that I was all I've always been kind of split on. Because in on one hand, it's kind of ugly, but it is effective, and it has some really captivating imagery which we'll get to later when we get to our lists but it's not without its flaws for me and for me it was very much a sort of it's a solid film that could go on to make spectacular films but it like was spectacular now it wasn't like a bona fide classic for me you know what about you guys
1: it was definitely a classic for me I, yeah. I mean even just watching it you can kind of tell that there's like you said there's something to it it may not pull it all off perfectly but i feel that it would have been a small miracle if it had i mean most horror movie genres or horror movie franchises have one kind of focus and then this one like you were saying there's there's so many moving parts to it that it was almost an impossible feat from the beginning i think it would be like trying to get the lord of the rings trilogy into one film that all made sense you know it was Mm -hmm. just there was so much packed into it that I really enjoyed it for what did come out of it on the other side.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Dustin? Yeah, I'm going to just agree with both of what you're saying (laughs) because that's my thoughts exactly. I figured there's just no need to repeat. (laughs) Yeah. For (laughs) the amount of source material into
0: (laughs) one little thing, very ambitious but effective,
2: I think. It was good.
0: Well, then it moved on the next year into Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. This cost $3 million. It kind of regurgitates a lot of what was in the first film, but swaps the sex on it. Uh, this time it's Julia coming back uh, rather than Frank. And the first 40 minutes of this movie, I kind of like, I've grown to like. I used to hate this film, but I kind of like it, the the warm-up into it. You're reintroducing Kirsty again. It does feel like a proper sequel, but then you actually go to Hell itself. You get to... See some terrible sets. You get to see some terrible effects. <laughs> we have ideas introduced. Hellishly terrible really sets. Work. And they bring back Frank yeah. in a stupid way. I actually really love Leviathan in this, but not how they do it. I like the idea of it. But don't I don't know. me. It feels very 80s. It's very Labyrinth inspired, but not necessarily in the best way. <laughs> yeah.
1: But no singing and no David Bowie.
0: And a terrible, Ooh, terrible... Baby, babe. What babe? no Hoggle. <laughs> terrible, terrible Cenobite sort of villain. <laughs> in this but we'd also get some back history on Pinhead which is good and bad it's kind of interesting but it also deflates his his powers because I really felt when I watched the first one he's ancient you know I felt like Pinhead has been around since the beginning of time and then you're like oh no since the 70s basically
1: yeah I wasn't a oh, big no, it fan wasn't of even that, that.
0: Sorry. it was since the uh, second world war wasn't it? Or first world war I've Forgotten it. first world first war, war 1912 yeah. 1911 era but still not yeah I don't know I don't know so I mean this one's a real mixed bag for me it is a proper movie at least but not necessarily a great one
3: yeah what about you guys deadly silence uh, it was
2: it was an okay follow up you know I didn't I mean the effects like you said were kind of just meh but I did like the lightning bolt effect that was my favorite
0: the lightning bolt effects
2: yeah where they just like paint over the the film right 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 it was right. like
1: Oh, I see. I was like talking about? <laughs> little, It's little been light-y. a long time. I agreed with a lot of... I liked Tiffany in this. I liked them bringing in different people. I liked some of the effects. I liked when Julia's like the skin coming off and then like the trope of Kirsty wearing her skin to defeat this, this awful Chenard guy at the end. I hated Chenard. I didn't like... Anything that they were going for with him, I saw the direction they were trying to head and I just, it didn't do it for me. So all in all, this was not my favorite. I didn't really like it as a follow-up, but, you know, to each his own. I thought it was, again, a valid attempt with a lot of ideas.
0: So then they tried to go commercial. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. It didn't come out. It took a few years. It took like four years. cost $5 million. came out in 1992. Yeah, and they tried to turn pinhead into what he had become by that point in the pop culture which people knew his face he was big on posters in china in particular but all over toys were being made of him people were quoting him so they tried to make him into a proper slasher icon kind of thing this is it it doesn't actually uh well it's got the equal most amount of money ever put into a hellraiser film but it does feel like a bigger budget blockbustery kind of movie but it's it's still really bad, but it's kind of so bad that it's almost... It's fun, but it kind of shits on everything that was precious, I feel, about the Hellraiser franchise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I understand why people hate yeah. this one, and I understand why people like this one. But it is a bad movie, but it's a popcorn film, for sure. Which is a weird thing to see Pinhead become.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, at least they didn't make him, in his, like, in his character, a comical person. Like He was still a badass, and he still... I mean, it was kind of weird to to have him start inside the pillar of souls in in this one, but it was also really cool to watch the progression of him in that state to the end when he kind of like reigns terror in a nightclub. So there is so many like fun ideas in this one. Not all of them worked. I really hated the the like made up cenobites at the end with like oh, the God. seed the. What was CD? it? The record guy. We'll get that. We'll CD get that. Later or or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but it was fun. I really like it. I had a lot of fun with this one, at least.
2: Yeah. It was definitely enjoyable. I did like to see Pinhead, how he, you know, how he lets loose every once in a while, you know, you're working 24 seven, 365, <laughs> uh, centuries, eons, the whole shebang. And you uh, let, this point, you gotta, it's you gotta,
1: only been like 80 years for him. That's He's uh, fine.
2: You know, but there's a time. Time run differently in there. Maybe, maybe. Yeah.
0: If you gotta to listen to that uh, Leviathan the whole time, just going. Uh,
2: yeah, that's true. And, yeah, time runs very so, differently. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, it was cool seeing Pinhead in a world that was just kind of ridiculous, <laughs> and how he would just react and live in it. I mean, 1980s uh, New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did like the bachelor dude. Who's just like give her the rose from the cooler?
0: <laughs> yeah, we yeah. do have
1: this yeah. OG bachelor. JP was Well, these yeah.
0: reoccurring lead characters who are basically dicks. It's so strange. Bachelor boys to the f- rude boys, and then we had our last cinema release, which is Hellraiser Bloodline. This was in 1996. Features Not nine! features a well a very early appearance from Adam Scott in it, and it's set hey, yeah. in three time periods. We have In the Past in France in sort of, I think it's Renaissance time, I'm not sure, Enlightenment era. And then we have Modern Day at the time, at least 1996, America. And then we have Way in the Future. So technically, it actually shows the last chapter of Pinhead. The Last Jedi. Is in this film. This movie, $4 million, sorry. It's (sighs) incredible ambitions. Really actually love the ambitions. And this is the one I'd love to see remade, which will obviously never, ever happen but just terrible execution on every single level. Pinhead's becoming a bit of a joke by this point, just going off on long diatribes. We've got some weird new Cenobites. None of the time periods really look great. None of the acting's great, script isn't great. But I like all the ideas here. I really do. So I do applaud them at least for trying. They just overshot their ambitions with their budget and talent, (laughs) to be honest.
2: Yeah, so uh, the bloodline was pretty sweet because the kid got Adam Scott, man. I mean, he played his character, I think, That's really the only well reason
1: for... you like this one?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually liked that idea of kind of they brought forth this demon thing. Like, that was the first kind of, like, Cenobite thing. I thought that was a cool uh, backstory and, I don't know, like... Like you're saying, it's they're they kind of ambitious with like we're gonna do three storylines all at once, and they're all gonna kind of overlap and come to some big thing. Like you start off in space, you're like, what the heck is this about? Which I
0: always love space.
2: So anything that's a horror film in space,
0: you've got me right away. and then <laughs> happy if there's space in any franchise. Yeah,
2: it was kind of funny and ridiculous that it would start off with like a French last name, and then they immediately became like Americanized. Like we're Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> like they just decided no we don't need our last name anymore
1: yeah they were like let's just take La marchand yeah. which means the merchant and turn it into to america M-
2: america america yeah the, the acting was yeah, you're right just like it was meh it wasn't anything spectacular though the twins were hella funny
1: the twins are my favorite i love those uh, guys they're so uh, dumb
2: But yeah it's just
1: they're great
3: it was, just, like the it, it, it was
2: just it was <laughs> just penhead going around saying really long lines of dialogue just to have more camera yep. time yeah, and- there were
1: literally points where he was people would leave the room when he was <laughs> having these and he'd kind of do the talking. like grandpa thing where he turns around he's like oh everybody's gone oh well <laughs> like, and then you
0: try and then you're trying to do like a dramatic sentence afterwards to make it all seem like you know oh I expected you to leave now just do, do an empty room
1: <laughs> <laughs> just no one's listening when, buddy
0: yeah, yeah um, the princess
2: aspect though I, I don't know I didn't really like it where he's like you're the princess of hell
0: Angelique. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I didn't like Angelique at all. Especially because, I don't know, I just I didn't see her power really once Pinhead was introduced. It just, I don't know. I didn't really think that she worked in this. I understand that she was a facet to get to the end goal like to kind of hold this whole story together because there were definitely things needed to hold this story together i while watching it have so many times written down why is this in space like i don't understand this at all because it literally just
0: to make justin happy that's why i
1: guess i don't know if justin had created this film i would understand why it was in space but other than that i really don't get it
2: But also she she just kind of was a servant the whole time. She literally did nothing. Whereas Pinhead doesn't serve really anyone. So I'm like, how is she a princess who doesn't have really much power for anything? You know?
0: Yeah, it's true. I'm with you. All right, and then we moved into the straight to DVD releases with Hellraiser yeah. Inferno in 2000 for only $2 million. Big step down. Directed by Scott Derrickson, who had gone to direct Sinister. He had gone to direct Doctor Strange for Marvel this was the beginning of a whole different era of the freaking end
1: end, man that's what it was the
0: beginning of this this is the beginning of real hell the hell was really raised there's the of people thinking that all of these next hellraiser films are made from spec scripts if you go and listen to our actual podcast you'll learn that that isn't the case for most of them actually but yeah this one it's got derrickson had something he's trying to talk about it's got a lot of religious aspects in there it's very much trying to be a sort of lynchian head fuck of a movie, essentially. Okay. And Pinhead is very much very much pulled back. Like, he's been star of attention for the last couple of films. Now he's back to, honestly, more how he was not the first one. He just comes on in a cameo here or there. But he's kind of more like an angel here than a demon. He's kind of there to just guide the lead an
2: character.
0: <laughs> it is a bit weird. I have a strange affinity to this one just because I like the style. It's actually directed with. I think Scott Derrickson's got a good eye. I like the mood of a whole bunch of it. And I really, really love Silent Hill. And yeah, I'll get to it later on. But like, I think this is a good Silent Hill movie. What I hate is a lead character who is he so obnoxiously film, terrible. Al. Yeah, I cannot which,
1: love this film. He is the worst. I do not think I
0: love this film. I, I, I don't wanted love to any, climb let's be clear. inside my
1: TV and just bash his head in. Yeah. He was also, terrible. You're,
2: you're just comparing it to Silent Hill. And so you're just putting your Silent Hill blinders on and going, this movie's great because it's Silent Hill. It's not.
0: It's a Hellraiser movie. At not all. a Silent Hill. Either
2: but that's words. what I'm saying.
0: It's like, I think this is a you know a not a great Hellraiser movie. I don't think the third one's a good Hellraiser movie, though. Like, I think the third one's a terrible Hellraiser movie because it pisses all over what was so special. No, but this Even one the second is like one a, a
1: lifetime do. horror movie. And those yeah. two things should never come together because lifetime blows. And what therefore, happens? it's like...
2: When one cop stumbles into more trouble than he can handle.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll get to it. When we get to our list, we it's can justify things. But we're just yeah. breezing through. All right. And we had Hellraiser Hellseeker in 2002. This cost a bit more money, $3 million. Uh, I had a very similar story to Inferno, to be honest, but in my opinion, did not look as good. But it does have the re- return of Kirsty Cotton in a little cameo. Just everybody
2: dies, pretty much.
1: What did they pay much. her for this? It was like a refrigerator or something. I think it was
0: Fifty dollars, refrigerator.
1: Half <laughs> refrigerator. <laughs>
0: it was like the money, like the money you'd put down. What was it the first installment on paying a, down, for down, for a, there, a down payment for refrigerator? Wow, it does though. Technically, have the the last time you're gonna see Pinhead and Kirsty Connor in the same room together, which is worth something. <laughs> I, I just want to see the
1: two of them playing poker or something together <laughs> because that's all they really do is they just like gamble with each other the whole time.
0: Oh no, every time it happens is he comes up and says There's no talking out of it this time And she goes, but I've got a deal He's like, interesting
1: interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more so, so. <laughs> Or maybe I want to see them as like a car salesman <laughs> Bit
0: <laughs> like, Where you he's like, this is the lowest anything. I will go oh. And she's
1: like, how about He's like, oh, that sounds it good comes too with,
0: It comes with
2: dice <laughs> he's like, alright, now entertain this idea of yours Oh, that actually sounds great
1: <laughs> Free car washes for a year Alright so-
2: <laughs> he would try to sell her a car, but then it ended up her selling him the car. And he's like, you know what? Right.
3: I'll buy it. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he drives off, having paid money for the same vehicle he arrived in. He's like, wait a minute. All right. Then we entered a Rick Bota era, as it should be called, I guess. Hellraiser Deda the beginnings of the great, the great titles. Such uh, a great $4 film. <laughs> million. Costs a little bit more. This one takes place in Romania. It has, uh, fuck, what's her name? Amy Klein, that's a name. Amy Klein, yes,
1: Amy Klein. He's chasing after
0: some cultists. Uh, there's a whole fucked up, weird sort of emo kid sort of story going on. There's, I mean, there's some cool ideas in here. I think uh, they're trying to modernize a lot of it. Again, Pinhead just turns up for very little cameo sort of time, but he is a bit more vicious in this one than in the yeah. previous two.
1: He he wreaks havoc at the end of
2: this one. Yeah, because someone's messing up his, like, workflow. He's like, dude, I got a call from the big man that I'm not performing well. And it's because you little shits are doing your little debtor groupie nonsense and messing my shit up. Yep.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, So it's it's really stupid. And actually, sorry, I apologize. The last film was the beginning of the Rick Bota era. So we've had Hellseeker, then Deader. And then he came back again with Hell World in 2005. This cost even more money, $5 million, the same amount as part three. Best MMO ever. Yeah. <laughs> this about a bunch of kids. This really tries to turn into slasher territory, a bunch of kids who are into some terrible looking video game, <laughs> yeah. which then win a pass to go to this party. We have Lance Herringson in it. We've got Henry Cavill in a very early role in here as well, really enjoying himself. Yeah, and
3: <laughs> we have actually
0: for the so first good. time in any of these films, we have Pinhead actually slashing people. He actually picks up a blade like Jason would and cuts someone's head off and things like that. I'm just thinking of how
2: the guys talk to him on the phone and he's getting,
0: you know, the stuff, probably getting sexual thing from that lady. I'm like,
2: that guy's describing that to him, then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have this preposterous ending, which is basically Lance Henriksen has. He's buried all of these kids that he wants to get revenge on for. He thinks like being it's their fault, basically, that his son killed himself. And then he's got a phone in each of their graves and is phoning each of them, putting ideas into their oh head. Oh, my God, about. so bad. It's I'm
1: just thinking terrible. of the person who's listening to only this wrap up and has never seen these films and how confused you must be. Yeah, Welcome be. to this journey, because <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, so but many times. What the fuck?
0: You summarize some of these, and you're like, "This one's in Renaissance France and space. This one is like a rave with Lance Henriksen and Henry Cavill's Like, I want to see these movies from those simple sentences. No, but sentences. then you're like,
1: "Yeah," and then he's doing the whole thing via a cell phone after he's buried them all in a yard, and <laughs> now you're like, "What?" And
0: then he's he's yeah. giving them literal orgasms in these yeah. graves, yeah, but no yeah. reason, so really- absolutely no reason. Just like, now a what? sexy nun is leading you upstairs and is going to have sex yeah. with you.
1: It's like, yeah. what? Oh my god.
0: Uh, Those are the three Rick Boda films, and then that is also the last we see of Doug Bradley in his iconic role as Pinhead.
1: It's so sad, What's his last line? Uh, It was, how's that for a wake-up
0: call? That's the last sentence Doug Bradley gets to say officially as Pinhead. Then we move into what have basically been made just to keep the license. We have Hellraiser Revelations in 2011 that cost $350,000. Looks and like it's made it t- shows. <laughs> Looks like it's made at the producer's friend's house in LA. The worst. Gosh. I mean, this is one of the most hated films in horror history. Partly because you've recast Doug Bradley, and they recast him terribly uh, with a guy I don't even want to think about. And then the lead girl in it—I think she's the lead girl. In it is so annoying; you just want to kill her. Yeah, for the entire film. Well, and then she you makes that parents- with her brother. Well, yeah, you have parents in this film who are literally like two years older than the kids they're meant to have (laughs) teenage kids yeah it's a really bad movie it's
1: really bad plus it's like a very false portrayal of what you're gonna get when you go to mexico the strippers were (laughs) not that hot in mexico i guarantee you and then what they (laughs) consider to be rat hole bars are actually really decent looking like dive bars in la so yeah just say don't base your conceptions of what mexico looks like on this film don't base any of your conceptions of life on this film. None of them. Like, <laughs> of any, not any even what life. a film should look like, because it's <laughs> the opposite of this.
0: And then lastly, seven years later, just this year, Hellraiser Judgment, uh, also costing $350,000. Uh, uh,
2: I wanted to point out that in that movie, they're in California, but then they have license plates from, I think, like, Washington. Which made <laughs> you no- with
0: your license plates.
2: Justin no
1: <laughs> was like man. the license plate police <laughs> yeah, because you have, a
2: pla- have it set somewhere and then your license plates be are... a rental, Justin. don't why? know. They just said they live there. Why would you rent a car from Washington? Maybe, maybe
1: that's why they weren't that upset when the cars were gone because he was like, oh, I have insurance. It's a rental. It's fine.
0: Yeah, doesn't matter. Maybe that's doesn't why matter. they weren't that mad. That's true. Let's stop defending this film. Justin, you're right. It's shit because it's a license plate. <laughs> that's the <laughs> reason. And then this year we have Hellraiser Judgment uh, so, the writer of Revelations, who did not like Revelations, has been the effects artist for most of the Hellraiser films since number three, I think it was. He liked seven. I and mean, he's Gary Tunicliffe, and he Tunicliffe. actually was allowed to write and direct Tunicliffe. Judgment <laughs> and, and star in it as well. And it's a very oh, weird film. It is, it's kind of it turns into a seven knockoff that's terrible.
3: Oh,
2: it's, um, yeah, you
0: got a, the poor man's Brad Pitt in there. Mm hmm. But oh, he also such a rewrites poor rewrites a lot of the lore of hellraiser in kind of an interesting way i mean it's you know at least it is trying to do something different at least it is trying to be quite perverse with it it feels closer to the original in terms of what it's trying to do than most of the sequels but really badly made terrible acting terrible script terrible filming yeah not
1: good i think, I think it's like cool though to like try and shed some light on to the paperwork side of this which i thought was funny but yeah i really hate it i don't really love there's a reason i don't watch like saw and i don't watch Hostel. i don't like the like really ugly gritty horror side of things and i know that there are so many people that are probably like well then you don't like horror movies which is fine they're just not no, what i look for true. when i go to watch a scary movie and this one kind of represented a lot of that for me and i just mm-hmm. it just yeah i lose my story when i get distracted by things that You know, they're just like ugly for ugliness's sake. They're not really there to kind of push the story forward. They're just there to be shocking visually. And for that reason, this one, I had a hard time with it.
0: I just uh, had a good interview with the guys who directed this horror film that just came out called Ghost Stories, which actually I really didn't like, but most people were loving. But they did say something that I really kind of liked. And it's not true for everybody, obviously. But they said they think if you're a good horror film director, you horrify people. If you're not quite good enough to do that, then you terrorize people. If you're not quite good enough to do that, you shock people. And if you're not good enough to do that, then you just have to gross them out. Yeah, um, exactly. I kind of agree. I kind of
1: agree. Yeah.
0: So those yeah. are the 10 films. Too many. Too many. Uh, the remake has not yet happened. Things are changing right now. So we don't quite know what's going to happen with it all. The Weinsteins were owning it. And uh, now their company is being sold off. Uh, potentially. Anyway, they're losing a lot of properties, so Clive
1: Barker is going to buy it all back. I'm so excited.
0: He really could. I that's don't cool. know if that makes me excited or not, though, because I kind of don't. He no. hasn't done much that's good <laughs> in his life. He wrote a like, new
1: book. He just wants to write, make another movie about his new book.
0: I know. He's going to make it a yeah. lifetime movie. As long One as man's someone else directs to it. Write a
2: wonderful book starring yeah. Clive Barker as Clive Barker.
1: I mean, it's been 30 years since his first one, so I feel like he will have learned from this point. He's evolved as a human, as a person, as a writer. <laughs> like he knows
2: they're giving his him way too much credit, and he
1: knows how dare you. That man. Like I don't care what you have to say about somebody, but anyone who writes one book, let alone as many books and has big of books as he's written, and has the ideas that he's had and is able to formulate them into cognitive thought. I like that's impressive. It is it's impressive, mean that. but I don't Like think to will... write a book that big is insane in the first place, let alone to write multiple books like that.
0: What you should do is go watch the rest of his movies that he directed. <laughs> yeah, they I'm are saying terrible. though, <laughs> I'm
1: understanding what you're saying. My side is that he if he owns the property that doesn't necessarily mean he has to direct and that's what I'm hoping he's learned up to this point is oh, that yeah, he's absolutely. like my strength is writing the story someone mm-hmm. else's strength is directing this film and like pulling through the ideas that I want pulled through.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: Might not be. I'm just saying that is my hope.
2: I'm going to mm. say someone else is probably going to end up buying it and then it's going to continue. It's long string of garbage films.
1: Well, that's a yeah. probably
2: that is yeah. probably what's going to happen.
1: Well, we're going to get to the end of this and we're going to pitch our own movies. So we I'm going to, exactly. people so are going to listen to this and want to <laughs> buy mine. Cause mine's amazing.
0: Well, yeah, talking about other blood being involved with the Hellraiser series, there are also some short films that I know we've all checked out. There's one called Origins, uh, which was basically a pitch from Michael Lehan and illustrator Paul Girard when they were trying to get their own sort of reimagining of the series off the ground. It's pretty much a single shot, effects-heavy thing. They got loads and loads of extras in to get naked and rive around on the floor, uh, which was meant to be their version of Hell. (laughs) And you sort of pan up to their alternative version of Pinhead, which I know, Justin, you're not a fan of. Hmm.
1: I didn't even get that this was a short film. I seriously thought this was a...
0: It's not really. It's a pitch. I really. thought it was it's like a, a
1: trailer.
2: Yeah, that's something. how they wanted it. It they wanted, so but, um, bad. With this stupid, like, four... Pit.
0: What is that garbage? It's like, yeah, no, I agree. But it's like, well, a lot of people love this. A lot of people think it's a really cool, different way to do it. I don't want to see hell. And then they were surprised they didn't get To make a movie. I'm not not, surprised. There's nothing there. There's no story there. Hell didn't even look like
1: that bad. Hell just looked like a blood orgy. Basically. It just just
2: looked like everyone was covered in oil and they couldn't get up. So they're like, oh, uh."
0: I do also think it's a kind of a weird problem that the series has is that it was called Hellraiser or has hell anywhere near it because in, I mean, I don't know if you can speak for the book, but in the original film, Pinhead's very careful never to really like he mentions hell a little bit, but he's really talking about being from a different dimension you know he's like Mm -hmm. we are explorers of a different dimension and it's not just to do with hell and punishment and what we might think about hell in a religious way it's also to do with you know something else something in between where like pleasure and pain can all intermix and right so I don't know I feel it's a mistake maybe to keep trying to go down the hell route and like pinheads you know one of the kings of hell and all of that stuff it's like I feel it should be something else that's not hell but different
1: (laughs)
3: hellraiser
1: Also- <laughs> it's just to burst out of you every now and then <laughs> Hellraiser
2: Razor. amazing song I just remember reason
0: reason enough to see part 3
1: yeah there should be one where he actually you you have to like compare him to a real demon you know so that there's more of a contrast between who he is and you know a satanic figure because yeah. there's so many times that the only opposition that you see to him are angels quote unquote or just really scantily clad women in white outfits that's what angels are in this universe <laughs> and but and so yeah it definitely gives you the 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 notion that he is the opposite of that person but yeah like you said i never really got that from him i always and cuz even at the very beginning with frank cotton you don't get the the idea that he's going to die Like, you get that he wants to experience something, yes, that isn't available on this earth, but at the same time, that isn't necessarily, like, the end for him. It could be
0: a different dimension. It could be, like, a warp hole to a different part of the universe. Exactly. It's not necessarily religious in any way. Right. Yeah, and then we had Gary Tunacliffe who we talked about. He ended up getting to direct uh, Judgment and write Revelations as well. But before that, he did his own short film called No More Souls. Uh, where he cast himself as an old Pinhead who's basically in a hell kind of board because there's no more souls to collect.
1: Such a great premise. I love this like idea of thinking through to the very end of, well, what happens when there's no one, when there's no more souls to tear to apart? To play with. You know, what does he do?
2: Eat me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that does play off of the hell thing that we're talking about. I mean, again, yeah. maybe Pinhead's not just hanging around in hell waiting for people to like open the box maybe they're doing their own thing and every now and then a dimension opens up and they come through yeah
1: Yeah, there's like all these i mean if you think about it ulterior dimensions and there's all these other like organisms and other variations of that same Mm -hmm. person that are out there making different choices all across you know an endless universe so he would would never be
0: bored et ET opens the box (laughs) yeah (laughs) A dinosaur opens the box and then there have been lots of <laughs> lots and lots and lots of, of fan films including some fan series as well which are terrible some of them actually if you go on IMDb they're gonna have the credits of some of the real writers of Hellraiser but that's because they're based on those characters and they very cheekily added them to the IMDb credits page so that they can get hits at home, which I think is a terrible thing to do I did not, well, I did a Spider-Man fan film I did not put Stan Lee down as one of the writers <laughs> of my Spider-Man it's because
1: you're film. a decent person <laughs>
0: oh because boy. you're a
1: fool man
2: i would
0: have <laughs> it's true it's true i worry about that man every day i'll just end last night i wake up every morning and i hope it's not the morning i'll wake up and read stanley's dead because he's 95 now <sighs> yeah we did watch one though together just to get a taste of what are these other fan films like which was called uh, what's your off.
1: pleasure
0: what's your pleasure which oh boy
2: Joe pleasure oh, making girls
0: hanging on actual hooks like real really hanging on hooks by their skin which is kind of disturbing in its own way
1: oh that was the that was the scariest part of that whole thing Ugh. other than the acting s- the acting was yeah. dreadful
0: then we have someone pretending to be pinhead using pinhead audio from yeah. the first film
1: <laughs> let's just have him turn around and from the back of his head it'll look like he's doug bradley
0: and they just got it to move the jaw at the right... They actually got it at the right tempo, which is like, wow, you really put effort into how terrible this is going to be. You know like,
1: it's because that actor was like, I can do it. My impression's really good. And they're like, okay, well, you say it, but look that way, dude. Don't look at the camera. And then they just dubbed over
2: him. Yeah, they're like, we're going to do a little audio playback just so you can sync up with uh, the line.
1: He's like, he's like, I sound amazing. They're like, I know, right?
0: It's a tough one to do a fan film of, though. I, I watched most of the ones, to be honest, online. I wouldn't recommend any of them. Uh, Origins is kind of worth it just to see a completely different take, which you might hate. Um, and No More Souls, yeah, like you say, at least it has a different idea. It's got an interesting idea in it. And it's, yeah. they're both very short, so.
1: Well, no, or what's your pleasure feels very long. I'm not going to no, lie. No,
0: don't, don't touch that. Don't touch don't that. Don't look at that one. The other two. The whole thing obviously started with a book, and there have been other books. So, So what is canon and what isn't? Well, there's an anthology of books of 21 stories called Hellbound Hearts, which was released in 2009. This is made up of little short stories. Some of them are actually taken from the comic books from the 90s. It's got some good stuff in there. it's got a little thing from Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean, which is also in the comics and in color in the comics. So I would go with that. But yeah, not not amazing. Then there's the official sequel, which is The Scarlet Gospels. Didn't come out until 2015, which is, of course, written by Clive Barker himself. And this features the true death of Pinhead, or as he calls him, the priest. Uh Katie, you're reading this at the moment. Do you recommend yep. people check this out after Hellbound Heart?
1: He does not like it and he even says in the book, it was really funny. I think it's the first chapter that the priests like are interacting with him and one of them calls him Pinhead and he like wreaks havoc because it's this slight name that he it really pisses him off in the books whenever people use that term <laughs> for him and he's like how dare you you know it's like calling god you know jim or something you know like he <laughs> is not That's a fan of it and so yeah, it was there was all these things that again, like after time and ha- Clive Barker has this, you know, the one up of being able to see how the public has interacted with his baby and then seeing what he wants to give them next and then to you know, even his writing style is very different. It's a, it's not as poetic in the new book as it was in the Hellbound Heart, but it's it's much more franchise focused i would say so it was really cool to be able to see him evolve not only as a storyteller but as a fundamental writer but i would definitely recommend it i'm not all the way through it yet i'm like halfway but i'm enjoying it he has a lot a lot to give and a lot left to say about this franchise
0: and it's a proper tome this one. Like, it's, it's, it's it's big, big book.
1: i mean it's not big big but Compared it's not a read it in a couple hours like
0: his novella was yeah, compared to the original, it's a big book. And in 2016, the year afterwards, Paul Kane brought out a book, which I've been trying to get hold of, and it's really hard to get hold of, which is Sherlock Holmes and the Servants of Hell. <laughs> uh, this is a crossover novel. Oh. Um, which Sherlock Holmes yeah, undertakes a, a mission back in good old Victorian England. And is it Victorian or is it Edwardian? I don't know. I get really bothered with all my time periods. But I'm anyway, real Sherlock bad Holmes at history, times.
1: so I just stay out of that, whatever you ask. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I love the idea of this. It's so stupid, and it makes me so happy. We were saying off mic that it'd be so. I mean, maybe this is what the book is about. But it'd be so cool to have like Sherlock Holmes finding the box, finding these murders, and then having something like like the Ripper did all of his killings because he was trying to pay off a debt, you know, to right. to Pinhead, you know, bringing back souls and a bargaining chip like Kirsty would do or something like that. Yeah, um, and then just just have Pinhead turn up right at the end or something like it would be really cool.
1: That would be really um, cool.
0: As much as I don't like real-life serial killers with Jet the Ripper was being turned into entertainment <laughs> properties. But
1: you could do a huge stuff. story with just, like, all of the mass murders of the world in history were to sacrifice to Pinhead. Like, people who just got pinhead. in really bad with him, and he's like, you know, pulls Hitler aside, and he's like, this is how many I need.
0: <laughs> See, now I've got a bad taste in my mouth. I feel bad for saying this.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at least it gives reasoning to the insanity.
0: It's true. And the last real book is Hellraiser the Toll, which was actually released only last month, as of us recording, in February 2018. Written by Mark Allen Miller. Uh, this is set before the Scarlet Gospels, but after the Hellbound Heart. So it kind of forms a trilogy. And it is officially sanctioned by Clive Barker. Uh, Mark Allen Miller is a good friend of his, and they've started a comic book company, which I'll talk about in a second. This book follows Kirsty. 30 years after the Hellbound Heart, she's been on a run from herself, changing identities, moving from place to place until the letter turns up addressed to Kirsty Cotton that leads her back into the world of the Cenobites.
2: Oh, snap. I
0: haven't been able to get hold of this either. It just came out last month and there is a special Clothbound, like 28 versions of it in Clothbound and there's a bunch of leather-bound copies of the book as well. But most of it you have to buy through their website and Clive Barker's actual website is down right now. Oh, really? So, this is a hard book to get hold of. But I will eventually get hold of it and make you read it. And-
1: <laughs> I feel like I've been transported back to high school where my sisters would make me read their book report book and tell them what it was about. And then they would just <laughs> write the report.
0: Well, I don't have the... Con- I read a couple of chapters of the first one, but I don't have the context of... You don't what, like you do.
1: You don't read. No, no.
0: Of Hellbound Heart, I started reading that. But I don't have the context of the whole of that. And I don't have the context of Scarlet Gospels, so... You, you know understand. how you get
1: the context is you go back and you read it.
0: But then I don't have time to do all the research I have to do to <laughs> write these fucking podcasts. <laughs> got to watch I, these films three times.
1: I, I will do my part for the podcast for the if good of the like podcast. If you like to watch
0: Judgment three times, or you want to read a good book, that's up to you.
1: If you want me to watch Judgment three times, I will be a different person on the other side of it. Oh, you just have to accept it.
0: I am. What happens at
1: the end of Judgment th- the third time? No one knows.
0: And comic books. So there have been so many Hellraiser comic books. Way more than any other slasher or horror property that I could find uh, that we've covered so far. Anyway, 1989 from Epic Comics, they were releasing stuff. They just released a whole bunch called Hellraiser. That included lots of the shorts that then ended up going into the books uh, later on. Uh, They did Hellraiser versus Nightbreed, which is another Clive Barker uh, franchise. Hellraiser 3 adaptation. Hellraiser... The summer special, what? Which, what? Which summer special? Mean, this sounds like, uh, yeah, like a little anime special, like, like sexy girls play? running around in beaches. And-
1: it's on the beach. Oh, that'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine how He's much just- sunscreen Pinhead would need? He'd be very reflective.
0: He's just He'd like there terrible. with the harem. All that like leather into- on
1: too. Oh man. Cute. That would oh. be so. Sand in places you will never get to.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Then <laughs> <laughs> they did watch a, it. Seri- <laughs> a series just called Pinhead. Then they did Pinhead versus Martial Law, The Harrowers, <laughs> another series called Hellraiser Spring Slaughter. Stop. Which, uh, that's
3: amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> presumably, is him? Yeah, hanging out with his buddy Jason. Oh, and God. then, twenty ten, Boom Studios took over. They released Hellraiser, which is written by Clive Barker himself. And this one is official canon. So this is technically another part of the real story. This was them released in 2017. as two Omnibus editions. And I've got both of these. I've read them. They're actually pretty decent. and They're worth taking a look at. Kirsty does turn up. Does she turn up her nose? I'm getting muddled now between all the books. I remember liking these, though. They're definitely meaty. You can feel Clive Barker's presence all over them. The art is pretty decent. And yeah, they are official canon. Then they released Hellraiser Masterpieces, this collected most of those early shorts from Epic Comics, which are also in that book, Hellbound Hearts. We got the Neil Gaiman one, we got Wachowskis, and stuff like that. They also released The Road Below, The Dark Watch, this told the story of Kirsty as Pinhead. Which is also fairly interesting. I didn't love it, but that was decent art again, it's quite stylized, and at least Kirsty's in it. And then a bestiary in 2014 to 2015. In 2017, Seraphim Incorporated. Now, this is a company made by Clive Barker and Mark Allen Miller. They released Hellraiser, the anthology, volume one and two. These were news stories from Clive, Mark, and other guest writers, including people from the Blumhouse horror film Picture House. I cannot get hold of these because, again, you have to buy them through the site and it's down. But yeah, I'm going to it at some point and check them out.
1: Why is it down um, right now? Do you know?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It might be... Yeah. I mean, just for the last few days, I haven't been able to get on there. Oh,
1: okay.
0: That one, I'll be honest, the horror... They're very confusingly named a lot of these comics because a lot of them have the same titles and a lot of them are reprinting old ones with different titles. So the horror... and Hellraiser Anthology Volume 1 and 2 I thought was the Hellraiser Omnibus Volume 1 and 2. But it's a different thing, apparently, from Seraphim. So...
3: Hmm.
0: Confusing. In yeah so then most of the comics at least of note check out hellraiser omnibus uh maybe the anthology what about video games so with our previous podcast we know texas chainsaw had that hilarious video game jesson i don't if you remember where you were you played as leatherface and then things kind of like came like people in wheelchairs <laughs> came running at him and other people and you had to use your little weird flesh colored chainsaw to <laughs> kill them oh yeah gosh. that was so ridiculous Nightmare on Elm Street has a terrible video game, and Friday 13th has a legendarily terrible video game, all from the Nintendo Entertainment System era. Well, Hellraiser sort of had one as well, but unfortunately you can't find any footage of it. What? the team? There was a team making a Hellraiser game for Nintendo Entertainment System, and eventually they abandoned the license and then converted the game into a Bible game called Super 3D Noah's Ark, which, Jess, and I know you looked into this, and you know a little bit about... Uh, yeah. The creators. Yeah. So, the, what, what happened?
2: So, the creator was a huge fan of Hellraiser and they were trying to make the game, and then, you know, everything kind of fell apart. So, his company is a Christian company. So, they what? converted the game into a Noah's Ark game. That is so crazy. Why? They
1: went from Hellraiser it- to Noah's Ark.
0: Yeah. Why would a Christian company want to make a Hellraiser game to begin with? Like, Cause, that's just cause so that, weird. Because that guy's a huge fan of Hellraiser. Katie, you're the closest to any of that <laughs> world of religion. Do you, like, you have some, like, you know, you, you know people who are probably more religious than me and Jess know people. Do you think there's any way oh, you could yeah. watch Hellraiser 1 and as a religious Christian, judge that in a positive... You know, because he is a demon, do you think... Or well, people can read him as a demon. Do you think you can get a positive Christian message out of that film?
1: No. I mean, other than the usual Christian guilt of this is what happened like i mean hell was portrayed as beyond any pain you could ever imagine sort of idea but them inflecting a sense of pleasure that you'd get from that pain would be like sacrilegious my mom would freak the f out she would
0: do you think maybe if you're because what they're kind of saying is sexual pleasure is
1: I agree with a the a idea demons. that somebody who's really into this franchise is also really religious only because of the fact that there is I the, one of the things that I like the crux of the idea of there's such a fine line between pain and pleasure and people who interpret those two things differently than just black and white because nothing in life is black and white and Christianity tries to make everything black and white. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of really bad Tweets and mean things said about me after
0: this, but <laughs> I don't think many people who are sensitive to that are listening to our Hellraiser. Rapper. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Like, hey, <laughs> so, hey, hey,
2: wait a second.
1: But I would definitely <laughs> wait <a> say <laughs> I get it. I I totally get it. It's in the same vein of that people do bad things in a or th- do dark things in when they're in a position of something that's seemingly innocent, you know. Like we were sure. watching, Alan and I, we were watching Mindhunter and it totally kind of brought it up when you have like the principal of a school, like you have so much fodder for anyone who has a bad, that has bad inclinations towards something. So it's, sure. it's almost like you're letting that breathe when you present someone with the ability to kind of bring something like this through. So to wrap that up, yes, I totally understand <laughs> How it got to this point, but to go from Hellraiser to Noah's Ark is <laughs> that's a very funny leap for me. And
0: very you can check this out on YouTube. It's like super 3D Noah's Ark. It looks like Doom. You Doom. were yeah, Just it, it
2: looks exactly like Doom.
0: Except you're catching your-
2: <laughs> animals for your ark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With a it's slingshot, so hilarious. With a little weird sort of bald Father Christmas underneath it, he's looking yeah, scared.
2: I mean, the the character is bald, so you're like, dude, that is the original skin for. Pinhead. That used to be Pinhead. <laughs> and then you just
0: changed it up, took the pins out, give him a beard, <laughs> called it a <laughs> you, got, you got Noah's Ark. You got Noah's Ark. And then in 1996, around about the time of Hellraiser Bloodline, Magnet Interactive Studios developed an unrelated game called Hellraiser Virtual Hell. So Doug Bradley was actually in this. He actually recorded stuff for them at the time of Bloodline. Unfortunately, you can't really find anything video stuff you can find some still images i know justin you found some still images for this as well yeah yeah it's like a tomb raider feel to it yeah yeah uh but this did apparently actually come out which is bewildering to me then how you can't find anything i think there's an extra on something somewhere i know i heard someone report that they could find some footage of what doug bradley recorded but yeah very hard to get hold And then in 2011, the Weinsteins announced numerous video games coming out based on their properties, including Horizon, but nothing ever happened. And now, obviously, nothing will from them. But it's a hard franchise to do a video game of. I think Friday the 13th makes perfect sense. Texas Chainsaw even makes perfect sense. This this is a tough one to do a video game of because once you meet them, what are you going to do? You go, is it going to be just in like a mass effect conversation wheel and you've got to just try and bargain with pinhead oh, yeah. yeah that would be probably, hilarious probably just the bargain the whole time yeah <laughs> you got to really xp that up you got to xp up like everything else to get away from normal centibytes but then when you meet pinhead if your conversation skills aren't high then you're fucked. yeah need you that <laughs> one outcome
1: <laughs> maybe you have to just like dress up as much like kirsty as possible like you have to go through her closet or something and like it's that's like, your tactic and then you have the conversation with them and if you don't look enough like kirsty he's having none of it you
0: think he's got a crush on kirsty you think that's the deal
1: i don't know i don't know that it's a crush i think it's like an obsession mm. or something
0: think based she comes on nothing
1: in, though really
0: i think she comes to him in his in her older years and does a bargain and he's like yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's Not like, what oh, used to
0: be, Kirstie. I <laughs> kind of look the
1: same, but you.
0: Yeah. He's like uh, Matthew McConaughey and, and dazed and confused. All right, all right, all right.
1: I stay the same age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into some of our listeners. That's a lot of the media that's surrounding it. There are loads of toys, there are loads of posters, loads of stuff, and. Some cool statues. Actually, we should say the lament configuration is probably the thing that most people would be interested in buying to do with this. I spent decades trying to find a good one. Uh, now the you best can one get them on found,
1: Etsy.
0: You can, yeah. But the best one I found, which we have in the office uh, right behind you, Katie, is mm-hmm. made of mahogany wood. It's got metal uh, lacing on it, and it is built from the exact plant that they made the original ones from. It's really, really cool. It's got two laminated sides. I wish it didn't, but they are actually in the, the movies. The laminated sides, right? But it's really beautiful. It's got a nice weight to it. it. Comes with a glass dome, little picture of Spency Boy himself, the human form of Pinhead.
1: Yeah, before I knew anything about Hellraiser, you got that in the mail. I remember, and I was messaging you, just being like, "What have you bought?" Because <laughs> then it was, it came with the, you know, this like certificate that looked like a letter from Le Marchand saying you know this is how this thing is crafted it's made from like real human skin like it was glazed with the blood of the of children or something and i was just like what (laughs) what are you into now like i had no idea and i started so innocently (laughs) on this path
0: hellraiser was never a series i really wanted to show you to be honest but i do love the box i love it i think it's a great 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 at least
1: now i understand the box that was really the whole goal of this journey so, but and the then when you're not here, of. I just like sit in your office and surround myself with candles sometimes, and Absolutely. see what happens. You never know.
0: The box isn't what
2: Justin. Oh, because they were describing it with like skin and whatnot, but you see him mm. make it. And no, I know it's not uh, made like that at all. Yeah, I think they're just trying to be
0: spooky. That's yeah. not. Should have just added riddles. Yeah, you can get that one on eBay. I think. I think it's about. 250 or 300 dollars or something it's pretty expensive but reassuringly so because they do make it with good material <laughs> we'll move if on you, from that quickly <laughs>
1: if, if you ever do die i don't think it's ever going to happen but i feel like on your tombstone they're going to put quote reassuringly expensive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like your favorite line anytime i'm like so something oh, like that it is, you're when like, you're it's kind of reassuringly expensive.
0: When you buy something of eBay and particularly something I like that, like I know. I've bought two uh, configurations before, and they're just so plasticky and terrible, you know. Yeah. Just, so I was like, you know what? If they're not, if it doesn't cost a lot to make that, then you're not using the right materials. So it's, I
1: agree. After a couple of years now, I've like I've come to your side of this. Argument.
0: <laughs> it's not doesn't work for everything. But no,
1: yeah. I totally. I'm still a thrift shop girl through and through, so <laughs> I'll never be swayed.
0: All right, let's get into some of our lists then. So let's look at first up. Mr. Pinhead himself. What is our favorite look? Now, he's obviously stayed with the same style. Doesn't change it up with the seasons. But his coat has changed a little bit. His collar has changed a little bit. And the way to do his makeup and his face yeah. has changed a little bit mm-hmm. throughout the film. But his body guess- is still the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he gets a little chubby. Later yeah, yeah, he <laughs> does. He gets a little <laughs> neck thing. A little punch. Justin, what's your favorite Pinhead look?
2: I'm going to go with number two because the first first one was like, you know definitely sets it all up but the second one i think their makeup's a little bit more on point and uh-huh. pens and everything look yeah look uh really good the wardrobe in that one i like it because it's very gritty dark later it looks a little like puffy jackets and really cheap material so number two is mm-hmm. my favorite it's like a classic
0: yeah i think i'd agree with you with them but Two for me. Like the first one is a bit of a blue tint on things, which is kinda nice, but it definitely looks a little crude. Second one I think they refine it nicely. Third one's kinda cool as well. I think he's got almost like metal teeth in the third one. There's something what? weird going on with his teeth. They do like weird things. Oh see they do it a lot in the first one. He's got like rotten spots and almost metal oh, spots yeah. on his teeth. Yeah. But I think the second one's a good balance for me. Katie?
1: I like the third one. I didn't notice the metal teeth part though. Now you're making me
0: I might be wrong. question
1: things. But I, I like the third one. one. He's like He's definitely, I don't know. I think it might just be because of like the way he is announced, not in the pillar of souls, obviously, but when he like comes into his true form, he just looks very menacing and then he kind of rains terror on everything. And it just, I don't know. There's just the whole package is it worked for me for that. This whole thing he's got going on. I'm really digging it. And then he's got a cool collar thing happening too. in the third one that I really liked
0: yeah i think it might be a bit too big for me in a but um yeah we should also say doug bradley 13 years after hell world he did actually come back and get into the makeup one more time which was at the mad monster party in arizona last year 2017 this was a big horror fest thing
1: why do we not get invited to these cool parties <laughs>
0: he was uh there are photos for this online i think there's some videos as well you can see him he looks pretty good actually like i was worried 13 years because he was looking a little bit out of shape by Hellworld. 13 years later i'm like it's gonna look way too old and he kind of does but it kind of works it just kind of looks kind of you know there's a tragic look to him which i think works with pinhead anyway he doesn't look too fat or anything like that he just looks slightly you know not as felt and not as sort of feline but i like it so check that out and it gives me hope that you could always bring Doug Bradley back again. So what about his lines? Because Pinheads had a lot of cool lines. Oh, he does look films. really good. I I looked at a picture. You found him? Yeah. He yeah, looks good, didn't he? Yeah, it looks really good. Well, I might <laughs> happily see him in another film looking like that. Oh, now I
1: just wish you guys were at this cool party so you could go up to him and be like, You're looking pretty good, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold it a little bit more. Uh yeah, there you go what about lines so, so we're looking for the best line we'll tear your soul apart is obviously the iconic one so i feel we have to right. count that one out because that one's just brilliant yeah of course obviously but what are some of your other favorite My, lines mine is just i prefer pain <laughs> i prefer pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah just
1: when was that one
2: it's like oh, i don't even remember i remember writing it down there's a piece before it but then he, they're like talking about pain and pleasure or oh, whatever. Oh,
1: I remember yeah. it was in Hell World yeah. because it was, I think it was when they were killing or disc- he was having a conversation with um, what's his face at the very end of Hell World. What's that actor's name? The older guy. Oh, Al, you've said it like three times and I can't yeah. remember now what it is.
3: Huh? Who's the,
1: who's the, the actor in Hell oh, World? Lance the Emerson. dad.
0: Like Harrison. Yeah,
1: yeah. he's having the conversation with him and he's like, I think there's... I can't... Maybe it wasn't that. I don't know why it's thinking that that's when it was. Anyway.
0: <laughs> what about you, Katie?
1: You're all welcome for that. <laughs> My favorite was... It was also kind of a classic one, but I loved in Hellbound, the very first one where he tells Kirsty that her suffering will be legendary even in hell. I was like, what the fuck franchise did I just get myself into? Like that is a <laughs> powerhouse of a line. It's huge. So yeah. it's one that's always stuck with me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, there are so many good lines. It just, some of the context yeah. of them doesn't always work. My one, I like that one a lot. My one's actually from Bloodline. And it's one where one of the, I think it's the future version of Merchant. Says to him, Demon, what do Demon, what do you have faith in? And he just replies, nothing. I am so exquisitely empty. And it's just his delivery of it. It's really beautiful. It's very soft, which I like, and just the idea of ex- being exquisitely empty, I always found I don't know. I loved it as a the How team- many
1: how many email kids do you think have used that line since? Oh, then? Man,
0: it appealed to me as a pretentious <laughs> like, I was bite. like sixteen, I think, when that film came out and I was very oh, wow. pretentious. <laughs>
1: did you say it? Did you say I thought I don't you think I did. said it and like, on claimed it as dates. your own?
0: Only on first date. <laughs> <laughs> When they say, was it, would you Aww. like dessert, sir? Are you full? I am exquisitely <laughs> empty. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. going to be
1: code for like, I'm real hungry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really hungry. So normally in these wrap ups, we like to do our favorite final girl or final boy. Now, as I went through to make the list of options for final girl final boy, I realized, a there's a lot of mix. There's a lot of, there's more boys and girls, but also, well, Nah, a big a good 50-50. But also most of the leads were either also the villains or it was hard to distinguish who the lead was, which is a strange thing. And it made me really realize that that might be part of the problem with this franchise that I don't know who you're always getting behind. And when Pinhead isn't in it much, if Pinhead was in it more, then sure, you're just behind Pinhead. But when he's not in a lot of them that much, it's like, who are you really getting behind? So obviously in the first- Sorry, For the
1: ensemble cast ones, th- there were even times like in Hell World where multiples of them survived. Yeah. So you were, yeah, it was very confusing.
0: Not going by the laws, but again, these aren't normal slasher films. And I think that's always a problem. They've tried to fit them into a slasher mold when they're not. But Kirsty Cotton, obviously first film and second film, along with Tiffany joining her in the second. Then we've got Joey in the third one. Terrible, terrible actors. We've oh, got yeah. mer- Merchant playing three versions of himself in the fourth one we've got detective joseph thorn in inferno we've got trevor in you're you're uh, and then we've got amy klein in "Detta, we've got chelsea and jake in hell world and then we've got emma mm. craven i'm thinking in revelations the daughter. i think she's the lead i'm not entirely sure
1: i just want her and joseph to like die in a fire together
0: they're the worst (laughs) Sean and David Carter I believe are the leads in judgment although one of them (laughs) is also the baddie so I don't know
1: yeah but they also try to make the girls sort of a lead in that because she's the only one that survives right
0: Mm, good point yeah good point but she turns up later in the well not that late I guess
1: and you find out that his brother was cheating with his wife so (sighs) he wasn't a good guy so you're oh. not meant to be with him. And
2: then there's an angel.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she dies too.
0: Just yeah.
2: so
0: So normally with this, we're going to say different people, but I can't imagine there's a world where we don't all say say Kirsty Cotton or maybe Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany. Uh,
1: you like this, Tiffany? <laughs> she yeah. says like three lines. He likes, yeah.
0: his, he a, likes his girl's mute.
1: <laughs> he likes his quiet people. She's a girl
2: of few words. Gets the job done. She's very <laughs>
1: puzzling puzzle solver
0: yeah i mean (sighs)
1: yeah i'm definitely a kirsty
0: advocate for this not a great choice no like we get to have good battles normally in a in a wrap-up but with this it's like yeah there's not much to argue about
1: yeah everyone loves to hate on kirsty i don't she doesn't bother me
0: yeah no i actually like kirsty a lot i think she's a great uh well not great i think she's a good character decently acted that's how i feel
1: yeah she has really good hair
0: she does Uh, Yeah, I mean, me personally, she used to be a huge crush of mine, so doesn't hurt.
1: Not anymore. (laughs) Well, you and Pinhead not fans of Kirsty anymore.
0: (laughs) Character you'd most like to see killed again because you hated them so fucking much. So there's one thing from Revelations. (laughs) There's one thing this series does better than maybe any other horror franchise: it gives you lots of people to hate, which um, is a weird kind of yeah, weird kind of prize to win. Alright, so anyone from Revelations, from Justin, the entire families, yeah? Both of them? Yeah, they're <laughs> all
2: so freaking
0: dumb, man. They all deserve to die. What's worse is what's worse we have one family called the Cravens in a horribly misplaced nod to Wes Craven, and then the other family called the Bradleys in a film that Doug Bradley refused to be in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Motherfuckers. So they're it's like, just,
0: uh... That's a, kind of cruel. Yeah. Uh, Katie.
1: I have that Inferno fucker. Detective <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Thorne. That
2: Inferno fucker. <laughs> I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, he, he ruined that movie for me. Ruined it. It's ruined.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I hate him a lot. But for me, it's got to be Dr. Channard for uh, the Cenobite version for number two. Yeah, I, he's pretty awful I, too. He upsets me. There's something about him that physically upsets me. It's to do with the animation, to do with the acting, to do with the makeup to do the weird pipes that go into him and then his little weird penis fingers. I hate him. I hate him. I can't look at the screen when on it. It upsets me so much. I want it to go, all go away. And not for the right, <laughs> not for scary reasons, just for like, oh, come on. How is this what mankind comes up with? He's kind of like what I always thought horror films were when I was a kid, when I just thought they're ugly and horrible and no one should watch them, you know?
1: Yep, I agree.
0: So I think this will be a hard choice for Justin. But other than Pinhead, what is everyone's favorite Cenobite?
1: Yeah, Justin, you were really on the fence about this Chomper! one. Chomper! You...
0: <laughs> or Chatter, what do you want to
2: call him? But I call him Chomper. Chomp, 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 chomp.
0: <laughs> do you like him more than pinhead? Would you rather see just him? Yeah, oh, totally, absolutely. What? Because <laughs> he's a man of
2: few words.
1: He can't even actually bite anyone because his mouth doesn't open that much.
2: He would be in a great like horror film like if they're lost in hell, you know, and they just hear this, like, Bip chomping him. sound.
0: Yeah. if you're, He could only know, like gnaw at you slowly, but he'd get through eventually. I mean, it would be like being bitten by a,
2: like a pig, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it <would> just like <laughs> ghost or anything. You're just like, Aah! like intense pain. No,
1: pig, like pigs get through an entire human body, including bone in like six hours.
2: Yeah, but if you watch them eat. Or
1: I think it's less yeah, than that actually. I mean, it
2: would be the same as like him eating well, it. Eat I just, just imagine cow. his jaw power like that. I've seen pigs eating mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, that would suck if they bit your hand. I mean, it would
0: take forever. Yeah. He has flat yeah. teeth, though. So that is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. He well, probably Peek's- has
1: really bad TMJ. Well,
0: well pigs' teeth are the closest to human teeth. Does it ruin it for you that Chomper used to be a little kid? Yeah. Does that make yeah. him kind of cooler or less cool? It just makes him
2: kind of an idiot. So I pretend that he <laughs> that that one in that dimension was a kid. The rest are just, who knows? Who knows? The who rest knows?
0: are pig monsters.
1: They're like yeah. barbecue eating competitors. <laughs> I've,
0: got, oh to go, gosh, I've yes. got to go with Chatterer too, but I do have to find a caveat that I'm sure you'll agree with Justin, which is before he gets his little eyeballs put in for safety. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't before like werewolf
1: animals. Chatterer.
0: But I like Chatter even in some of the, his weird iterations. Like you got the half body Chatterer in Inferno. You got yeah. some other ones later. I like I like all the Chatterers other than when he's got eyeballs.
1: What about the one in um, Hell World where he actually gets a, a weapon? I didn't know how I yeah. felt about
0: that. No, I don't like any of them having weapons, but he still looked cool. Like it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, he always looks cool except for the eyeball one. <laughs>
1: well, I'm gonna throw a ringer in, and I really liked. Speaking of Silent Hill, I really liked. The sexy Cenobite twin ladies, Inferno, where they like stick their hands into his chest. And it's yeah, just, it was so skin. cool. Yeah. It was very different and very, it wasn't as like overwrought as some of the other Cenobites were. Yeah, I
2: definitely like them later they're, on. They're my number the OG twos. Cenobites
1: are always like the best, but because I love the the initial lady Cenobite was so cool. Yeah,
3: uh, teeth she, was,
1: she was really scary. And honestly, if she had continued on, I don't think Kirsty would have had a third film because she was gunning for Kirsty oh, yeah. all the time.
0: There's some jealousy going on there for sure. Yeah,
1: I know. What I thought was cool. I thought that was like a really cool element to have yeah, in there. Yeah,
0: because they do have emotions, you know, like right. this. One, which is, well,
1: well, and you could see that Pinhead, Pinhead had an affinity for Kirsty, and this the, the lady Cenobite immediately saw
0: that. Not so exquisitely empty after all then. Well, what about the worst Cenobites?
1: I would definitely have to say and the JP bolt-punching yeah, head from thing.
2: That,
0: the third one.
1: The hell on earth one.
0: Yeah. Anyone from the third yeah. one. I have to agree. I mean, there are some bad ones later on here and there just for stupid designs, but oh my God, you've got Drillhead, JP from part three, CD face, camera face, and then and bartender. bartender. <laughs> Who again doesn't look that bad? He's got barbed wire up his face. He kind of looks cool. Blows fire, which looks a bit stupid. But then they give him a fucking cocktail shaker in his. So <laughs> like, anybody want a hell of a drink?
2: <laughs> anybody terrible. wants a fireball whiskey?
0: Oh, they're all terrible. Ugh. They're all terrible. So bad.
2: Ready for your close up?
1: Oh,
0: between the Ugh. lines and the oh, it's all terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. We called that film fun a minute ago. <laughs>
1: It is fun, but it's it's dumb
0: fun. It is terrible, but. dumb fun. Yeah, and also I have to do a shout out to Pinhead played by Stephen Smith Collins in Hellraiser Revelations because, oh my God, that is a terrible, terrible centibite.
1: You, you're a bad Pinhead. You yeah. stop that.
0: Never put on the pins again. <laughs> so also in these, we like to do our favorite kills. Now, there's not that much variety. There's a lot of chains going on. My one, I'm afraid, is very cliched. It's simply Uncle Frank for the first film. Yeah, uh, absolutely a classic. Looks beautiful in a horrible Jesus, ugly wow. way. Yeah, great sound design on it. It's still, it's just entrancingly horrible to look at. Yeah, and he explodes. Yep, in an edited um, way. You only get really to see the full version blood. of it. You only get to see the full version of it at the beginning of the second film when they do a flashback mm-hmm. and they actually leave in the edit they had to cut out from the first one of the proper explosion. Very nasty.
1: I had I was torn on this one only because it's hard when you're like, well, do I go with something that's very classically Hellraiser or do I go with something very different? And there was one that I always, I thought was cool, but I don't know that it was my favorite, which was in Bloodline when they're up in space and Angelique like, tempts the soldier guy in to be like half in the mirror like to help her and then he gets like cut from by the reflection i don't know how you want to describe that but it reminded me a lot of there is it was like a friday the 13th kill when they're in space as well and there was like this cool like freeze kill like where her face like gets cut and i was like oh that is such a good idea but I didn't want to choose it as my favorite because it's not a very like Hellraiser kill. So I went with In Hell on Earth where the first girl that JP Bachelor roses where uh, (laughs) Pinhead is like still in Pillar of Souls and he she like backs up into the pillar and then turns around and he skin he pulls her up in midair. So she's floating and then he skins her. And then her whole body gets like crumpled while skinned into this pillar of souls. And it looked so good. It was like total throwback to the Frank Cotton, you know, great makeup, everything. I was like, it was such a good kill for me. So definitely that one.
0: You don't even mind. There's a short, because it does look really cool. I agree. But there's a, like a short shot in there where they CGI her getting like sucked into the statue. They kind of like warp her. I
1: still thought it was cool. You it was like, it. like <laughs> it's still very kitschy. Midnight horror film. Right, I don't right, know. Right. I thought it was cool. If I would have seen that when I was younger, I would have been traumatized. So,
2: trauma. Also, you would have been afraid of any dude that gives you a rose. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I even what? think my first boyfriend ever on my 16th birthday gave me a rose, and I was like, ah! <laughs> even in hindsight, freaking me out.
0: I didn't put this on the list for you guys, but. I don't know if there's any particular scenes that we didn't get to call out because these these that meant a lot to us. But for me, I just want to really embellish. Like I I really hate a lot of this franchise. Even the first film, there's a whole bunch of Whoa. stuff I hate with it. You hate it?
2: Revelation's like the best movie ever made. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Justin watches
1: it every night as he's falling asleep. Like, like, so like it's like his be comfort as good blanket.
2: As this entire ensemble cast i will never write or make anything as good as this
1: actor goals for justin in that one
0: but i want to really say like there's a there's a trifecta of things from that first film that kept me as a teenager going into my 20s watching all of these films with great anticipation one was of course doug bradley as pinhead just loved that character so much but the two of me were the scenes with kirsty so one is when she's looking at this bed in like a dream and it's very sort of jacob's ladder and now silent hill in terms of like there's blood underneath the blanket that's that's filling up while babies are crying and feathers are falling from the sky and i love it it's just so beautiful and surreal and horrible and then the second one is yeah the first time she meets the Cenobites, chatterer comes over and puts its fingers in her mouth and holds it back while pinhead has the conversation with her and it's so Ugh. intrusive, and the design of it all, like the sound, the flowers on the TV that are buzzing, the, the the catheter like exploding in blood, like I love this scene so much, so much, that it still to this day keeps me excited for anything else that's going to be Hellraiser in case they ever get back to that kind of cool vibe, which I don't think they ever will, and they certainly never recaptured it for me again. But Can those, you imagine what Chatter's things.
1: fingers taste like? Oh, that's got to be like the oh. worst- he never washes. You can tell.
0: <laughs> no. You can't even yeah. see. He's no, definitely no not washing sanitizer.
1: his hands. Ugh. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Are there any scenes for you guys that's, that that you want to talk about? Um, uh, sure there's a lot of scenes. There don't need to be. I just in case there's anything I hadn't. We haven't been able to pick out from from our lists basically. And and for me, I had nothing to pick out from a list for that. So I wanted to just make a point of. This is why I love Hellraiser. It's really just I those two scenes. I mean, it's definitely
1: scenes. like I loved the iconic like the pins into, albeit the very obviously not really human skin, but just the like, just every time you saw someone kind of the face flayed or pulled while being suspended. And it just, that to me, it was, I don't know. It's just the idea of that, just like the hanging loose before Mm -hmm. you're literally just ripped apart like that, I think will stick with me.
0: I remember you really liked the church scene as well in part three where he like pulls out his pins from his head with the worms on the
1: Oh yeah. That one yeah. was amazing with like the little sluggy worm cocktail skewer thing. That yeah. was crazy. Little kebabs. That, that was really, really good. That's actually um, the
0: only time I think in the whole franchise where he uses you know his belly's cut up a bit? He uses that. Right. He reaches down and takes his his flesh to feed to the priest. But sorry, yeah. Justin.
2: Ugh. Yeah, like that the part in the like the first one where Frank's being rebuilt with the wax mm. and all that, that was really cool. That's the thing that I'll always remember is like it makes me think of the fly. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, there's cool animation in that scene. It's like great puppetry and stop motion and everything.
2: Puppet Master yeah.
0: We're not doing we're <laughs> not doing that series. I just heard they're making another one right now with Barbara Crampton. I'm like, no S- Stay F- tuned flight. for next week where we watch Puppet Master. Nope. <laughs> not happening. Alright. So we're about to get into Placing these films in order but before we do Bush, have a special little treat for you guys we're oh gonna have no pokemon cards i don't
1: want any treats <laughs> we're gonna hey. have a quiz
0: see how much you guys uh, have been paying uh,
2: attention
0: oh uh, no i haven't been
2: paying attention at all
0: my brain kind of just like deletes <laughs> things well <laughs> you won't win then <laughs> we've got 10 questions but some of them have various amounts of points you can get depending on how you answer are you ready for some hell uh, i don't know no all right, Never. let's skip that. So. Then we're out. Let's finish the cocktail. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and we're out.
1: All right, let's do this. All right, let's All do right. it. Good luck, guys. Let's get it.
0: I'm not question number right. one. What was Clive Barker's suggested title for the first Hellraiser film? So they tossed around a whole bunch of different things, and then they went to him because they didn't know what to call it. and you weren't going to call it Hellbound Heart because it sounded like a romance thing. And they right. asked. They asked him for a title, and he came up with a pretty crazy title. But what was Clive Barker's suggested title for the original Hellraiser? Oh man, uh, leather and chains.
1: <laughs> You're not far off. The,
2: the, uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know, Angel of the Underworld, or something. Some, yeah, both kind of
0: close it's sadomasochists from beyond the grave
1: oh, oh my yeah. god that's true yeah. i do remember this now in a couple
0: of months now. so good
1: all
0: right no points for that one number two this is a follow-up he suggested that but then what title did a female on set suggest
1: oh Wubble. oh damn it i almost remember this
0: leather and chains
1: <laughs> it was something really sexual
2: Thunder from down under
1: man i can't really, you're asking those questions all the way from the very beginning
0: i know let we'll see how well you in school i was
1: like i didn't know that was gonna be on here
0: <laughs> she suggested what a woman will do for a good fuck yeah oh, yeah
1: I, I knew it was something to do with sex yeah. I was which is pretty it was. true
0: okay actually normally we're with, doing really well normally <laughs> with these i'd get you guys to write them down these answers but again we're going with faith that neither of you are going to steal from the other one okay no. Uh, so now we're gonna get into ones where you can't really throw things out as much, alright? So just think to yourself oh, and man. then I'll ask for your answers, okay? But it's witty. Question kidding. three. Which actor from the original film has never seen the whole film because they don't like horror films? Which actor from the original Hellraiser claims at least that they've never seen more than ten minutes of it because they don't like horror films. Are we allowed to I just give their character's name or the actor's name?
1: okay mm.
0: if you're playing this at home good luck to you it's actually hard to do uh, I was looking at a lot of Hellraiser questions online and there aren't many good ones They always do these horror quizzes and right. sort of stupid I stupid stuff. It. I think okay I,
1: I think so too
0: okay let's go with Katie first
1: well I don't wrote, I just wrote like it's the second one
0: I can't see so just read it out
1: it's Kirsty's dad I can't yeah. remember. Okay,
0: okay. I just put. I just put. Dad. It was actually Claire Higgins who played Julia.
1: Oh, I almost said her. Me
0: too. But I then was like, she
1: was in another one. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was in
0: the second
2: one. So it's like, ah, uh, maybe it's not Julia. She doesn't watch them apparently.
0: <laughs> so oh, no idea if it worked I remember, it? out. remember, I remember
2: you saying that when we were watching it, the
0: second one. You're like, oh, little known fact. No points yet. Question number four. During filming. Of which scene in Hellbound Hellraiser 2 did a member of the team faint on set? And for an extra point, which member of the team was it? So you're just looking Mm -hmm. for their job, their job, not obviously the name of the person. It was during Hellbound Hellraiser 2, there was a scene being filmed that was so upsetting that a member of the crew actually fainted on set. Which scene was it in the film? And or... Oh, I will just I accept think I which remember. crew member it was.
1: I, know, I think I remember the scene. And I have a stab for which crew member.
2: I'm trying to think of the
0: scene. I think I know the crew member. Okay, give you a few more seconds, but if you just go into the recesses of your brain, if you're waiting at home and you already got it, then why not uh, boot up the iTunes, head on over to Weird Geeks, and leave us a little star rating. Helps us out. Subscribe. Leave a little comment. Really genuinely helps us out. We do all this for free. Takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of shame.
1: Or just continue to scream the answers at your radio.
0: That will also help. Phone. That's how podcasting yeah. works. We can you hear you.
1: Tweet it, Justin and I right. about how dumb we I are. I
0: don't <laughs> entirely remember, so I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. Okay, just uh, Justin, just tell me the scene that you think it is, first of all.
2: I think it's the scene with the body... The, the the bed body thing the where he comes out of the bed and is the dude that's like filleting or the scene where the guy's like cutting himself. Okay, Katie.
1: Yeah, that's what I was. One where he like cuts himself. The switch repeatedly. the
0: switchblade scene with the crazy person. Yeah, yeah. we're well, yeah. both getting a point for that because that is the yes. scene. But who was the crew member or what was the crew member? Uh, Katie, you first.
1: And what? Well, initially i was like well maybe it'd be the boom guy because they would have had to have been really close or at least closer so
2: i'm gonna go with that boom guy justin i'm gonna say a cam operator
0: it was actually the clapper loader
2: (sighs) oh but isn't he a camera department uh, That's not that technically, same
0: um, Technically it is You said
1: the cam operator Yeah you said you
0: the look, operator uh, If you said like second AC then yeah. maybe Not first a, AC yeah. But you both got on the scoreboard Point each Number uh, five. So. <laughs> <quest of> 5 <laughs> The Leviathan is introduced In Hellbound Hellraiser 2 burr- And it has burr- a sound burr- like that now, the sound is actually in Morse code. What is it saying? What is the Leviathan saying in Morse code? And if you're both struggling, I can give you one hint. So let me know when you want the hint. I'll take the hint.
1: Hint, please.
0: <laughs> it is only one word. <laughs> If you enjoyed this series, then I can recommend you also check out our previous series, including Child's Play, including right, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you get to hear Justin coin the phrase Vroom rumrum."
1: vroom vroom
3: That's
0: a magical moment for all of us that will haunt us until the end of our days.
1: <laughs> God, there's so much of this that I remember talking about, and now it's gone. Yeah, like I'm it's just evaporated from my brain.
2: Oh uh, nope. man, I don't know. Okay, don't even stab the dog. I don't know. I don't.
1: I want to say it's something to do with like, like destruction or. But I don't know what's available in Morse code. I'm I like, what I is know, Morse code I with just like one so sound?
2: Can it? Okay, I think I know it. I think. I don't know.
0: Okay. All right, I'm going to have to call Land. Okay, yeah, I I think I know it. Just into a stab in the dark then. Katie hasn't got it. Because it's only Morse code. Fuck it. I don't want to get it wrong. Come on, just do it, man. God? It is God
1: yes oh, what
2: yeah because i remember Wait. i was like why would he be saying that and then the only reason why it stuck to my brain is because you can't have a whole sentence in morse code and i was either like it's either hell or some like
0: religious thing you're correct yeah. it was god
1: this game's stupid
0: Qu- two points to Justin, one to katie it question six There were original pitches for Hellraiser 3 that were vastly different from what we ended up getting with Hell on Earth. You will get a point for each one that you can remember. Now, really, there's two of these. I will take any type of summary for either of these two or both of these two for two points. This
1: is really just giving me bad flashbacks to high school. Like, it really is. (laughs) This might be traumatic. I seriously feel like I'm back in high school
0: right now. (laughs) We're looking for either of the two original pitches that were... They went down these roads for quite a while. One was more Clive Barker's thing. Do you remember either of these? What's the question again, man? (laughs) The two (laughs) original pitches for Hellraiser 3 that were vastly different from what we ended up getting with Hell on Earth. Oh, man. This is painful.
2: I'm just going to have to take stabs in the dark, man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're going to
0: get these. So maybe you either remember it or you don't. One Justin is what told where,
1: the caliber of the questions that we were going to be getting for this. Like, I would have studied. I don't like that yeah. Justin's
0: looking at his computer screen right now. There's no Googling no, going I, on here. I'm not
2: Googling. <laughs> I can share my screen with it. Look, see? Nothing. One is a musical, and the other one was a dance one.
0: <laughs> He's totally
3: looking at his screen! <laughs> you don't this dance in fair. the musical
0: one. <laughs> I'm afraid those are both incorrect, Katie. No, no steps in the dark?
1: No, I really... I mean... I would have laughed if
0: I was right. So we had two pitches, which are going to ring a bell as soon as I say them to you. The first one was about a bunch of Satanists who run a bordello in a small Midwest town where Uh, whores, prostitutes are bleeding their victims into a liquidator to resurrect Pinhead. So was from
1: dusk till dawn. Basically. The other
0: pitch, which is Clive Barker's, (sighs) was set in ancient Egypt when the Great (sighs) Pyramid (sighs) was the first lament configuration and it was made to raise the great pharaoh who was the first Cenobite. I would have taken just even ancient Egypt or Bedello (laughs) in the Midwest. You would have taken anything. (laughs) So it would have just
2: been Assassin's Creed. Or (laughs) they would have been resurrecting Apocalypse who is Oscar (laughs) Isaac.
1: Or the mummy. It could have been the mummy.
2: So there would be Brendan Fraser
0: meets Tom Cruise meets Oscar Isaac.
1: Yeah. Oh, that sounds great
0: all right question 20 uh sorry, question seven in 2011 this is the hard one so good luck oh, jesus
1: in 2011
0: todd farmer and patrick lucia as we talked about in our podcast at the time they were creators of my bloody valentine the remake and drive angry were meant to be rebooting the hellraiser franchise and they got quite a long way they pitched an idea to the that would tell the origin story of frank seeking the box do you remember this no order well their pitch began with and i'm going to give you the sentence but i'm going to leave a couple of blanks and all you have to do is fill in the two blanks from the sentence are you ready sure imagine if frank is actually the darkest version of blank and blank from blank (laughs) what what characters were they comparing their vision of the origin story of frank imagine if frank is actually the darkest version of blank and blank from blank two characters and then they name obviously the property that the third one's from second one's from me you've got three opportunities there to get points lots of lots of pained expressions
1: this is ridiculous <laughs> uh,
0: nothing coming at all uh, i have go ahead no, mine's you ridiculous yeah you go first <laughs> It was ridiculous. <laughs> Don't worry about
1: it. I'm going with Freddy Krueger and Hitler.
0: Ooh, I like it. So
1: that means it's wrong, uh, which is
0: great. I'm going to go
2: with <laughs> Freddy Krueger and David Bowie Okay, from
0: Labyrinth. Or, so yeah, so what is the darkest version of blank and blank from blank? Katie, are you of Freddy Krueger and Hitler from World War Two?
1: <laughs> well, that was the thing that was throwing me off. I was like, okay, so he's talking about things from one franchise but i i don't know you're literally like i'm gonna have to like cry myself to sleep later <laughs> this is really bringing I'm sorry. up some bad I'm sorry. memories for me from high school of like not being prepared for a test yeah
0: and, so the
1: pitch am like not remembering anything
0: the pitch was this imagine if frank is actually the darkest version of jack bauer and nicholas cage from national treasure
2: uh yeah
0: yeah it- that's right it would have been the evil National Treasure <laughs> story.
2: What yeah, it actually said.
0: that all comes back now. The hint in the question there is that they uh, were the creators of Drive Angry, which Nicolas Cage was, was the star of. But... I have not yeah, seen that. Yeah, I haven't well, seen that either. I'm not a big Nicolas Cage
2: fan. <laughs> I like National Treasure though. And
0: The Rock. Sadly, that film never got made. All right, question number eight. Which film in the Hellraiser series was the director so ashamed of that he had his name removed and replaced with the Alan Smithy moniker. I do know this one. Oh. Which film was the director so ashamed of that he had his name removed and replaced with the Alan Smithy moniker? And during that podcast, we explained what Alan Smithys were. And if you can remember anything from that explanation, there's actually a hint as to which film it would have to be or which selection of films. Alan
2: Smithy. Alan Smithy. It's
0: a collection of directors. What's the
2: thing? Alan Smithy is just the... the, Can they still do that to this
0: day? well that might have something to do with the hint Justin oh yeah I'm just saying like it'd be kind of funny stab in the dark son stabs in the uh, dark stab. I know Katie You're just gonna have to, which film are you going to go for that's what my which,
1: Hellraiser film's going to be called
0: which film would they, which director do you think would have been so ashamed that it would have taken it off <laughs>
2: but I don't remember which uh, I think I'm, I'm trying I, to remember which ones yeah which number it was I remember seeing it but it just Boater did oh, sorry, just I remember
1: sorry. it was him I'm
2: looking at my notes
1: but I'm trying to remember which one it was. Because I can't base it on my ratings of them. No. that's probably you not the like same. You
0: kind of. I mean, I think there's a way to work this out. You know, I'm
1: of. toying between two, and I can't remember.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel
2: as well. I, I'm just, I have two. I'm not sure. Well, you're going to have to pick one. No going mean, back and forth.
1: I'm torn between Inferno and Deader, which it might not be either one.
2: I'm torn between Deader and Hellworld. But I'm gonna say, whole world.
1: I'll say debtor.
0: Well, you're Is neither. <laughs> you're both wrong. <laughs> oh. I gave a little bit of a hint there because you're correct. You're going down the right rabbit hole, Justin. In terms of, are you allowed to still do it? And at the time we talked about, Alan smithies have not been allowed to happen for a while now with films. Um, uh, so it was gonna be Bloodline. So it has to be an early film. It was indeed Bloodline. Uh, the director was it. so disappointed with how that film turned out yeah, and it was kind in of space. work it out a little bit because you know Clive Barker wasn't ashamed you know Rick Boter made three of them so he's probably if he oh, took his name yeah. off of one he's not going to keep making them and you, Scott Derrickson he liked his Inferno like he had a lot to say religiously about yeah. it
2: I had, I, it was in my ghetto I was like because I remember seeing it it has a space background and it says it and then I was like but then I, I confused myself I was like was that the title sequence to Hell
0: World <laughs> Damn it! I knew it too. All right, last two questions. Currently, Justin is my in the mom lead. is going
1: to be so pissed when I have to bring her this F for her to sign later. <laughs> She's going to be so mad.
0: Justin is two to one, and we got to wrap this up. All right, number nine. All right, in what bizarre way did Clive Barker find out that Hellraiser Hellseeker was being made? Do you remember this? So the studio didn't want him to interfere anymore. They didn't want him. Do even know that they were making more Hellraiser films and he hated Inferno so much that they tried to hide Hellseeker from him but there was a very weird way that Clive Barker found out that Hellraiser Hellseeker was being made uh, which we talked about on our podcast and, and yeah both of you are pretty shocked about it's very strange or just coincidental peoples with uh, heads in palms crying right now Oh, i'm just man. just in googling the right answer
2: no i'm not but this, <laughs> this is here, here i'm
0: joking i'm joking i'm messing with you buddy i'm messing with you i i'm actually got a, a
2: tap i've got see this extra cable it's my uh research person who knows
0: all <laughs> he's feeding information into your ear <laughs> yeah neither you of you think- remembering this did i go too hard with all these questions i apologize you
1: did this is crazy.
0: I'm gonna say You it should was, have
1: asked us something about the movies. <laughs> like, well, what a, I thought
0: with these questions is because these are mostly the trivia that we learned from the films. And I thought I someone know. who hasn't listened to our other ones, at least is going to learn some trivia at the same time. So yeah. Be interesting. Uh, they're going to learn be, that
1: we are brain dead.
2: I, okay. I feel like someone asked him about it. Like he was asked a question about the project or something. And he didn't know it was even going on. He did not know oh. what was
0: going on, but there's a way he found out. Katie nearly had it. Let's was it on. that
1: somebody asked him to sign something? Some, no, it wasn't that. That was something else.
0: Okay. I'm gonna have to wrap it up, I'm afraid. Clive Barker happened in New York to get into a limo where the driver had just yeah. been driving an actor from Hellseeker. And when he figured out it was Clive Barker in his limo and had made Hellraiser films, he asked him what he thought about the new one, which Clive Barker didn't even know existed. Just because. Yeah, I didn't remember that at all. Happened to drive the same people. And okay, final question. So, here's one where you can get multiple points so it can all change. You ready? Yep. All we're looking for is how many hours did it take to apply Doug Bradley's makeup as Pinhead when they first started shooting the first film? If you get the exact amount of hours, you're going to get three points. If you get one hour out from it, I'm going to give you one point. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, three points doesn't make any difference to your score, so I'm going, well, actually, it would if you got one. <laughs> no, it would if Justin... It'll
1: validate me a bit. It would
0: if Justin, because, yeah. It's a hard question. How many hours did it take to apply Doug Bradley's makeup for Pinhead when they first started shooting the original film? They managed to make it a little bit shorter, by the time they got through the end of production for the first film. But...
1: I'll say seven, because I don't know if it's, it's six or eight.
0: I'm going to say nine. Nine from Justin, seven from Katie... It's six hours. That means Katie gets one point. Justin gets no points. And you both finish with two points each. So, Tied. it's a draw. Yeah. Well done, yes. guys.
2: Well done. I Alex. <laughs> That's so funny. I was going to go with initially oh six, but I was like, oh, no. I feel like it, it was back in the day. It's the first movie. They're going to
0: take a really long time. I mean, Damn six man. hours is a long fucking time to be starting six to make up before you got to be on set, but still. You think it's going to be like 12 hours or something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because I remember they had to start really early in the morning on him. Like, he had to be there at like 4 in the morning every day.
2: And I remember watching something and they're like, yeah, it took like 5 hours to apply all the stuff. And I was like, oh, 5 hours was later. Damn it. I should have really went with my gut instinct
0: twice. Okie dokie.
1: That was insanely painful
0: i apologize that was a hard one but at least people learn something if they're listening for the first time all right so now we're going to finally get into our lists i I need to wrap this up in the next 15 minutes so let's uh kind of other podcasts i've got to jump onto all right we're gonna do this is the imdb films in order so i'm gonna let you know what the imdbs gave these films they give hellraiser one gets a seven out of ten hellbound hellraiser 2 gets a 6.5 Hellraiser Inferno is their third highest radius one at 5.6. Then Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth gets a 5.5. Then we have a draw uh, with Hellraiser Bloodline and Hellraiser Hellseeker getting a 5.1. Then Deader gets a 4.6. Another draw with Hellworld and Judgment both getting a 4.3. And then way down at the bottom Hellraiser Revelations getting a 2.8. Another list that I want to give you is Doug Bradley's list. So he's been quoted as saying most of the series manages to keep the head above water is what he thinks. Anyway, uh, the only one that really doesn't work for him. I I disagree with that man. (laughs) (laughs) The only one that doesn't work for him is Inferno. So his list is number one, the original film. Number two is Hell on Earth Part 3, probably because... He gets to talk a lot. Yeah. Then that's closely followed by Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. And then you get into Bloodline. So those first four are his favorites, basically. Right. Then he says there's quite a distance. His next favorite is Hellseeker. Then Deader underneath that. What? Hellworld underneath that. And then Inferno. Inferno way down. We know he hates Revelations. That goes right at the bottom. I don't know his opinions on Judgment yet. I'm not sure if he's really come out or even seen it yet. Ugh. That is Doug Bradley's feelings. But what I want to know is what are you guys' feelings? You've done 11 weeks of this now. <laughs> you have gone through oh, f- films that have been called in articles online as an attempt at sadomasochism. Sadomasochism? Is that when you're doing it to yourself? Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Katie's sure. lost already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I've done that.
0: <laughs> uh, let's start with our different. Justin Macaroni, what are know, your list working from the worst all the way through to the best?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked, Now, The first one that's the worst is probably the first one. And then I'm going to say the best one is Revelations. I'm just <laughs> All right.
1: In the words of Willy Wonka, you can take that, flip it around and try again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my first one that on the list, the worst is going to be Revelations. And we clearly know why. Uh, the next one after that is going to be number uh, the number 10 the the most recent one it was just judgment judgment too judgmental for me after that I'm going to go with uh, I'll probably go with hell world and then I'll go with Hellseeker, inferno cop and I'll go with <laughs> dead her hell on
0: earth bloodline dose Ooh, you like, and then you the like whole, the Power space Day. don't you yeah. So you've got Revelations at the bottom, then Judgment, Hellworld, Hellseeker, Inferno, Deader, Hell on Earth, Bloodline, Hellbound, then Hellraiser. It's your top film. Yeah. I mean again, again with a lot of these wrap ups, we argue a lot when you get to this point. Maybe we'll have something, but it's it's hard to argue with a lot of these because they're mostly shit. So it's kinda like, yeah. which way round do you like your shit? You know,
1: yeah, it's basically like, oh, there—that one had that one thing in it that I thought was funny, or yeah. that person in it that I liked, and then therefore, it like bumps it up. <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. laughs> you're really grabbing at straws to validate
0: which ones do you like here, Katie. What is what is your list?
1: My number ten was Hellseeker. I really, really hated that one. Uh, followed closely by Revelation. So, everyone, stop screaming at me inferno was number eight ah. I went to murder joseph again and again and again seven debtor six hell world five judgment what do you like Four. about Hellworld world
0: that keeps it up there i think Rare. i like the
1: premise yeah henry cavill was decent i really really hated jake the character in that he's like the emo whiny guy but i think i like the idea of Hell World, I did not like the film. <laughs> I just hated it less than the other ones. Okay, so.
0: fair enough. Uh, and then Judgment, you said after that.
1: Yeah, uh, four Hell on Earth, three Hellraiser two, and then two was Bloodline. Wow, and really only because Adam Scott was in it. Really <laughs> love that Adam Scott. And then Hellraiser, Hellbound, or not Hellbound. I always want to call the first one Hellbound because of the book. Right, but
0: right, right. It's just Hel- is it just it's just Hellraiser 1. Just Hellraiser, yeah. Uh, so you've got Hellseeker at the bottom, Revelations, then Inferno, then Deader, Hellworld, Judgment, which is high up, halfway through. Interesting.
1: Again, like, <laughs> it's just better than some of the other terrible ones.
0: Hell on Earth, which you enjoyed the most out of us, uh, which I'm surprised is your four favorite out of the original four. But yeah. Then Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. And then Bloodline at number two. And then Hellraiser at number one. Again, kind of controversial, but also not going to argue with you. Like, I would only argue with you if Hellraiser 1 was, like, way down the list.
1: Well, Clive Barker and I's, or not Clive Barker, Doug Bradley and I's top four are the same. They're just in a little bit different order. So that validates me. I think
0: most people's top four are those first four films. Until you get to me.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Reve- what are
1: you going to do to this?
0: <laughs> Revelations at number ten because it's terrible. Hellseeker at number nine because I really that film makes me angry. Judgment I've got at number eight because it has some good ideas, but I think it's a very bad film. Number seven is Hell World. There's something to be enjoyed there, but there's a lot not as well. Mostly the lead characters and the stupid ending. Number six I've got is Deader because I just basically find it bad, but inoffensively bad and then we're into of my top five bloodline is at number five the best idea i think of any of the sequels for sure but just executed yeah. badly i think uh, hellbound hellraiser two is at number four for me which was tough i had to pick between that one and and then hellraiser three hell on earth i give them both probably the same score but that one's one i'd go back to more oh because- this is
1: making me really nervous because i know which one is left and how close you're getting to freaking no- second place
0: or it could be first you don't know You you wouldn't dare.
1: (laughs) I want to hear you say the words.
0: My number two is Hellraiser Inferno.
1: Oh my god! Oh my
0: gosh! Get out of here!
1: Preposterous! What is wrong
0: with you? Look, I don't know. I mean, I do know why, but like, I don't know why I like it quite as much. You like
2: Silent Hill? That's it. It's (laughs) honestly you're just
1: Silent Hill painting that film. No,
0: it's honestly it's honestly like again i'm saying it's a bad hellraiser film but again i think a lot of these are bad hellraiser films
1: it's just a bad film
0: but i am i do tend to like films that are director's films and in, in that the director clearly has like a vision or an eye for something and it's a there's a lot of attractive imagery in inferno that is my kind of imagery i like the mood of a lot of it i fucking hate the lead character i hate the vo i hate really what they do he, to he
1: ruins the whole film
0: He should for me because I hate ugly characters so much, but for some reason. Oh, he's the worst. I don't know why. There are just, there's a lot of little things in here that I kind of like. But again, again, we're talking about like the level of liking something in this franchise is so low. I'm not going to argue with it's a bad film at all. It's so bad. My second favorite in a franchise. And I'm still going to say it's a bad film. My, my favorite is, of course, the first one, which I've got a lot of problems with. But just because of those two scenes I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. love I, I love it. So that is it for those films. Now, we're going to have to return to this one. The new Hellraiser inevitably turns up on our straight-to-DVD services when they're trying to do whatever they're trying to do with more licenses. <laughs> we'll have to like, or, yeah. buy it from Croatia or something. It comes to our iPhone or some bullshit. Or, but until that happens... Do you guys have anything that you would want? Like, what would be your pitch for a future Hellraiser movie that would make you maybe happy from here?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked, Al. (laughs) You said, what would I like to see? What would make me happy? I'm thinking before the movie even comes out, you got to start somewhere, right? Hellraiser, the musical. All right. Just hear me out. So, you've got Hell and Hell's like- So overcome, like there's way too many souls, there's so much processing and there's a man hard at work, pinhead and he's just always working so he feels completely empty, you know and then who does he see on the other side of the mirror dimension, whatever you want to call it, a beautiful young girl living with a shitty family and he goes (laughs) and he tries to make a connection with her but along the way there's a man named Frank who just gets in the way. It's a love story. <laughs> it's a yeah. love story. It's a musical. <laughs> oh, it's I a like Hellraiser, it. Hellraiser: The Hellbound Heart. <laughs> I like it. Could
1: one of the could one of the musical elements be that he like plays the pins on yeah. his head like a xylophone? Oh my god!
2: When he's thinking, it he goes tink 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 tink. Oh, that great. And then it, and then like Did everything the starts the making yeah. a beat to it. And he goes, "What am I doing? Where am I? <laughs> what is this life that I've always lived?" <laughs> Yeah. oh wow
1: you've like yeah. written it already yeah. that's amazing yeah. very nice
2: i love that inspiration it. I from you know i'd be down 100 i would, I would that, that. I you would... have frank that's like don't look at me or oh, for what you see is <laughs> not just a man but only flesh don't look at me tell me oh, what you see
1: is it your desire?
2: Oh, so... The fire. <laughs> in previous this is going to make me upset
1: because it's going to be like in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he writes the Dracula oh, yeah, play, the play that I want to exist so badly. Like, I just want to watch that. And now, Justin, you've given me
0: uh, excitement a for
1: something else that will never happen.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, like In some of our previous wrap-ups, normally Allie is the one to always say I want a musical from whatever we're talking about. And I'm not convinced. But Justin, with this franchise... Fuck yeah! Just do whatever Ugh, you gotta yeah. do, man. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that sounds uh, great. Katie, I'm in. What's your pitch?
1: Take my money. So mine kind of was sparked after I watched the the short film, the No More Souls one, because I really liked the idea of thinking, no pun intended, but outside of this box of everything, like just the sequence of. Open the box, blah, blah, blah. Because then it's like, well, what happens when there's no more? Apart from you and I having that conversation of like ulterior dimensions and da, 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 da. So my pitch would be that the end of the world is nigh or the end of humanity is nigh. And it boils down to like the final soul. There's like one man or woman walking the earth. Essentially, like both sides are fighting, like the good and the evil are fighting to... Attain the last soul. So he's being like tempted by Pinhead or, or by the Cenobites to essentially open the box or being tricked into trying to open the box so that they can claim him. Whereas there's the better side that is trying to convince him to stay the straight and narrow, stay the good path so that he will end up in a better place on the other side. So it's kind of plus there could be zombies. I mean,
2: oh my gosh, great. I am legend. Because zombies technically zombies? don't have
1: souls. Yeah. So it'd be like this very I am legend, post apocalyptic vibe to it. Plus, kind of like, you know, the whole religious scheme thrown in there as well. I, I also, like also,
2: I could also see it being Telling a comedy you. as well. Because it would
1: not be a comedy. <laughs> but
2: it could be because if they're trying to get him to sin, there's only one thing he could sin, and it's to touch himself. If it's a he <laughs> like go and sin. He's like, I can't give into to desire. No, it wouldn't
1: be like to get him to sin, it would be to get him to, to open, open the, box. the box. Yeah. So they're constantly trying to get him, they're like flushing his system with like psychotropic drugs and he thinks he's like saving somebody, but instead he's he wait he like comes to and he's like almost opened it and he like uh, you know, it's so just all just these things
2: where there's zombies. Yeah open the box, join the rest of the world or, or he's like
1: fighting living. with his inner self of what he really wants for himself for the rest of eternity. Oh,
0: that's great. I like it because it's doing what we keep saying, which is that this is such a unique franchise and that you can take it to any time and any place. Yeah. Um, and do stuff with it. Cause all you needs is the box. Whereas most yeah. franchises are right. tied to something. So I think that's and great. Do something but completely it's it? yeah. different. And you wild. think
2: it's the last soul, but really Boom. what it is, it's everyone's in space. Stop
1: no. with
0: the space. Stop with the space.
1: Well, everyone in space. is in space, that's, Justin. That's we well, are all, all in space. We're all that's in space. how the are. All
0: aliens end. in space.
1: You look up at the sky that's
2: space. And then that's that where, is that's the song. where they keep it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it the problem. K- you looks bloodlines. out, she goes, "Where am I? What is this world?
0: What is this box <laughs> You got to combine both of those <laughs> ideas. Yeah. So I was trying to think of like, you know, what, what is the core thing that Clive Barker was originally trying to talk about? And it was talking about perversity and sexuality and the demons that you have with that stuff. So I thought, really, we need to have a, a Fifty Shades a of Pinhead show. film. <laughs> and I think it would be the perfect way to end that is Fifty Shades where like they cross over either... The two of them, like, she goes back to Mr. Gray and he's actually got, like, the box he's come across on his travels around the world <laughs> doing bank <laughs> acquisitions. Or I kind of like the idea of Kirsty Cotton being introduced as, like, the the new sort of threesome fling. And then they say how much oh, they like shit. pain. And she's like, oh, you, you like pain? So then she brings out the box and is like, well play with my box she just
1: keeps she just opens it and like leaves it and walks
0: away <laughs> you'd have a great like the the poster for it that would have to be like you know pg-rated poster but the film would be a hard r for the first time because it would, oh, end, yeah. it would end with both of the gray family just crying because they're just like being ripped <laughs> apart and the poster yeah. would just be like kirsty wearing like his shirt and tie that's just covering like her oh, leg, but God. then she's got her legs spread and the boxes where you know in between her legs basically <laughs> nice wow <laughs> that seems or you
1: could have it that Kirsty after like having dealt with it when she was younger has all these actual like dark inclinations that she tries to get out and she so her she ends up with like this boyfriend who's really into like BDSM and he is is she's like oh i you know i want to do i want to go darker i need this like blah 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 and he pulls this box out and he's like oh i bought this off this guy this creepy guy at this market (laughs) and just opens it and like pinhead's like yeah gotcha
0: gotcha she's like i've got come to daddy issues
1: and she'll have a ball gag or something in her mouth so she won't be able to talk herself out of it
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) nice
2: (laughs) no Uh, talking (laughs) no talking
0: not me. I mean, where I genu- i think it's gonna go to a, a remake like Clive Barker was pitching before. No, but my, my genuine, musical. my genuine feelings of what I want from it is yes, I want more of a Silent Hill thing. Like I, I would love it to be more of a real head fuck movie, but that's really beautiful and you know dark and twisted. Combining the the horrible imagery from the first Hell Hellraiser with yeah, more of a kind of psychological sort of feel. Nice, properly, not like all the shitty Silent Hill musical. I'm in. <laughs> motherfucker okay those are our pitches we will come back and none of those invite us
1: into the boardroom we will woo you with these ideas (laughs) very quickly though (laughs) what are are we
0: getting next we don't know it's all on hiatus right now with the weinstein stuff going on who knows what's going to happen it is still on imdb pro right now as a hellraiser film uh it was updated last year clive barker was still writing it with teddy tenenbaum um it had producers on board from matthew stein and bob weinstein so who knows what's going on? Uh, John Norris was meant to be doing the visual effects. And Agent even had like a synopsis as well uh, with a $14 million budget. So a huge budget. So I'm going to leave our Holy franchise shit. with the summary. 27 years after the incident with Frank and Julia in the Cotton home, Kirsty Cotton returns home to attend a funeral of a close friend. During these strange events, her daughter is being haunted by the same strange creatures that terrorized her as a teenager. Maybe attending the funeral wasn't such a good idea, especially when the belongings of the deceased is actually a gift from hell given to the daughter of Kirsty. Completely out of nowhere. This is not something that Clive's talked about before. This is a whole new story. We'd have an adult Kirsty, we'd have a daughter, we'd have a generational thing, I guess. Um, it could work. Yeah. Mm.
1: I just feel like it's not that exciting of an idea yeah, or a concept. See, I want
0: to see new people. Particularly if, yeah. it, if, if it's got a $14 million budget as well. It's like something could be done with that. But yeah, again, now with the Weinsteins, yeah. if they're attached as a producer and now it's falling apart, who knows? Who knows what's happening? they could get Michael yeah. Bay on it. <laughs> so everybody's been be listening. a
1: lot of upskirt shots. <laughs>
0: Thank you to everybody who's got through this entire franchise with us. If you only listen to this one, then go back and listen to our other wrap-up episodes. We've done Charles Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Chucky, uh, or Charles Play, uh, yeah, I've said Charles Play, sorry. And Invasion of the Body Snatches, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And as of next Friday, we will be starting a new chapter. We are going to be dealing with romero's living dead series uh we're not doing the remakes yet we're going to be getting to them next but we're going to be doing all seven films that's right seven not six and if you join us on that journey i'll explain why seven so that's gonna be eight weeks of that with the wrap-up episode of myself haruka abe is going to be back uh coming to her first horror franchise she joined me on the Danny Boyle once before. And then Christina Masterson, who joins us on the Star Wars podcast. This is going to be her first horror channel stuff as well. So please do join us next Friday, where we'll be starting with Night of the Living Dead, which is going to be the oldest film that we've ever reviewed the on uh, the Weird Geeks channel.
1: It's older than The Invasion.
0: Oh, uh, my mistake good point we had
1: a 1952
0: yeah yeah that one's about 10 years earlier the original invasion body Snatchers.
1: respect sir what a amateur what a
0: poser good point <laughs> you can join us for that and if you head on over like I said to weirdgeeks.com you can branch out to our social medias give us an email subscribe to our twitch and also get all of our other content if you really could subscribe and really could rain us it massively helps we do all of this for free it costs a lot of money takes a lot of time and effort and we the only thing we ask of you is to subscribe and help us out we are a production company run out of London LA and Tokyo called we are tessellate and if you click on the we Are geeks page then you'll find a little emblem that will take you to the we Are tessellate page and you can find out all about what we do there feature films like our new first one called starfish and we have other ones in production right now we do short films we've got music i've got a new album coming out and you can learn all about that on those on our personal social medias and also on our topical podcast geeks where we talk about stuff every other tuesday but at the moment it's every tuesday because uh, I've got some time on my hands. And actually this week's <laughs> podcast, which I believe is number 95, if you're listening to this later on. Ooh. Podcast 95, I explain why it took it has taken us five to six years to get the second Ghostlight album out. So if you are one of the people who's followed me on that journey before, then that's for the first time us explaining what's going on with that album. You can follow me on all the personal social medias as Mr. Al White, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E. What about you guys?
1: I've been playing with my food photography lately and it would be really appreciated if everyone would go and to my Instagram and like, I don't know, maybe like one of the most recent ones because... Just
2: follow her. I've been it's working delicious. really hard.
1: And it's at mydearestwatson and there's uh, full stops in between the words because some other jackass has mydearestwatson on Instagram and it's doing nothing with it. So,
0: it's my.dearest.watson. Anyway. Dot dot Correct. On the Instagram. Yeah, you got some great yeah. stuff up right now. I really like that donut one you just did. Very cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Who doesn't love donuts? Do Go like not a donut. Do donut? like donuts? Justin.
0: Donut.
2: Oh,
0: my God. Yes. Justin. <laughs>
2: I-T-S-R-A-D-L-E-Y. It's Radley. I'm on the Twitch. It's Radley. I'm on the Instagram. The video game consoles.
0: You find me. We'll play. But don't look at me. We'll play. <laughs> don't look at me though <laughs> um, thank you both honestly for joining me throughout a series that no one really wanted to cover but we had to do it at some point uh, and I was sort of excited mm. to share the pain so thank you I hope to see you both on a future yes franchise until then the, yeah, some hesitation from you both <laughs> until then we're both we like,
1: out. oh yeah totally we'll be there
0: <laughs> I'll see everybody next Friday for Romero's Night of the Living Dead geeks, geeks.
3: geeks. where am I
0: Who am I? What is this box I need? Don't look at me. Don't
3: look at me. (laughs)